This episode of Comic Book Junto is brought to you by Bear Fruit, a Philadelphia-based lifestyle brand dedicated to turning beliefs into creative action and inspiring others to do the same. Head over to bearfruit.com, that's B-3-A-R-F-R-U-I-T.com, and sign up for our newsletter. While you're there, check out our other podcast, The Beautiful Struggle, a weekly conversation series hosted by me, Octavius A. Newman, featuring various guests telling their origin story. Don't forget to grab some merch from our online store. As a reward for being a loyal Comic Book Junto listener, use promo code CBJ to get 10% off your next order. Bear fruit. Believe. Create. Inspire. Now let's start the show. Junto episode 31. I am your host, Octavius A. Newman. I am the creator of Bear Fruit, and I am here with my co host, Adam Jam Master Tetris. I can't stop laughing about Gucci Mane. Scoochie! Scoochie! We just discovered just now. Scoochie. Yeah, we just discovered Scoochie. Every time Gucci Mane. Uh, it's not when he starts a song. It's just kind of all throughout the song. Yeah. He's he, letting you know who it is in case you didn't know. In case you didn't look at like the track that you're listening to. <laughs> Scoochie. Scoochie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's where I am right now. Scoochie. I'm laughing about Gucci Mane. We have a Gucci Mane packed show today. We have a packed show today. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Comic-Con, we're on the other side of Comic-Con mm-hmm. now, so yeah. we have a ton of news to talk about Comic-Con. Of course, Comic-Con had to happen immediately after we recorded last week. Yes. So then all week long, people are like, you guys are going to talk about this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, we're going to talk about mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. We just have to wait seven days. That's all. That's it. That's yeah. all. Uh, before we even get into it, before I forget about it, right? tell me about it. Tell me the good word. Well, truth of the matter is this podcast is brought to you by... Bear Fruit. Scoochie! <laughs> Bear Fruit is a Philadelphia-based lifestyle brand, which you can check out. You can go to bearfruit.com. That's B-3-A-R-F-R-U-I-T.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Check out the store. Check out the other stuff we got going on the website. They are the ones who are bringing you Comic Book Junto and bringing you Adam and I, the Power Man and Iron Fist of podcasting. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's all about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can uh, check them out on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all using the same tag at Barefruit. That's B three A R F R U I T. Um, yeah, boom. There's that. Okay, that's good. Now that we got that out of the way, yes, we do have a lot to talk about. Show sure enough, do we have a lot to talk about? Our news is is plump. There's a ton of news from Comic Con. You and I have a Comic Con experience from today. Ugh, Ugh is right. Yeah, yeah. Let's just get into that now. Okay. Comic-Con tickets sold out pretty quickly. New York Comic-Con. Yeah, New York Comic-Con in October. Tickets sold out really quickly. This was a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I did everything correct. I was completely prepared. Nailed it on time. (laughs) Right. I was present. I was ready. Yeah. But I only got one ticket. I only got that Friday. Yeah. for, For busters like me. I had today as an opportunity to get a ticket again. Mm -hmm. Like this is my next shot. Round two. Yeah, exactly. However, 
It didn't really pan out. No. No. So there's something with the fan verification, and you get a unique link. Yeah. And the unique link is the one that you you were emailed that when you first fan verified. They don't send you another one. Right. And there's some, John, with the browser, cookies, like clear your cache. I don't know. (sighs) You know. But I couldn't buy another ticket. New York Comic Con, you tried. You did. However, comma. It did not go over as well as it you'd did hoped. not. So there's grace for you, New York Comic Con. Um, you guys, I believe, are trying to do best by your fans as you possibly can. It's good intention. However, there are still some bugs to be worked out. Yes, the big the big uh, snafu this time was that people who had already logged in with that code initially mm. and bought tickets. We're supposed to be able to use that same code again yeah. and get in the queue again. Yeah. But what happened was, apparently, what we found out was that it was reloading from our old cache in history. Yeah. So when it was our turn to get in, in, when we were in the queue, it was our turn to buy something, it booted us out to another page that says, sign up for your fan verification. Yeah. Which had nothing to do with what we did. We did everything correctly. Mm-hmm. We did everything they asked us to do. We scoured the internet. We read every word that there was to read, every tweet, not every, but lots we were, of tweets. We were not the only one to be affected yeah. by this. And the thing that kills me is witnessing the barrage of troubleshooting and customer service, like tweets for Comic-Con yeah. on the internet. And it, the, that one exchange that you had sent me between one guy who says, hey, what's up with me having to fan verify again? And Comic-Con responds with a tweet and they say, exit out and click the link in the email again. And the guy says, yeah, okay, I did that already. So like, what should I do now? And they retweeted, they just tweeted the same thing. Exit out and click the email link again. Like they're trying. I know, batting down the hatches. People are upset. People are are frantic and panicked. They want their Comic-Con tickets. I am one of those people. Yeah. And and listen, listen, we've worked, we have both worked in a place where when it's go time, it's it's go time. Uh-huh. So there's a part of me that really like sympathizes and empathizes I feel, I what's feel. going on. Like I actually got a chance to get someone on the phone and I was like, listen, I know <laughs> that you're going through a lot right now. You don't have to tell me. Yeah. I know what it's like. And I know this isn't your fault. However, can I just make a suggestion? <laughs> Out of all the information you guys gave us, the one piece of information that we needed, you didn't give us. Yeah. yeah. So now as a result, me... And my friends can't go to this. And yeah. we literally dotted every I, crossed every T, followed every instruction you gave us. And now the thing that's preventing us is something you never told us. Uh-huh. We, di- we couldn't, we didn't have a chance to do it right because we didn't know. Yeah. So it, by any other accord, we were prepared. We were yeah. ready. We just didn't know about that, that last thing. Yeah. That unknown so it's like, factor. hey, you might want to, you might want to let everybody know. And factor that into how you move forward because there are a lot of frustrated people. And I told her, I said, I'm sure your conversations aren't going like this one is. That's correct. And she's like, yes, you're right. I said, <laughs> I, I bet I am. So, you know, just yeah. like let whoever needs to know, know that because yeah. it's, you know, people are up, understandably upset because they did what you told them to do. Yeah. And there's nothing worse than being given instructions, following the instructions, and then not getting what you're expecting to get 
and it's not your fault. In fact, I, I sent an email to the customer service, the, the company that's handling the ticket distribution, which is called like show clicks or something like that. Yeah. I sent an email to their customer service and I, I gave a very detailed laden explanation. Here's this, here's that, here's some screen captures just to show you what I'm up against, you know, trying to make sure that I'm being humble and patient, but thorough and comprehensive. And the response that I got, A, you know, it took a long time to get a response. So by this time, tickets are sold out. Sorry, yeah, Buster. Gone. And B, the response that I got was, hey, I clicked the link and it seems to work just fine. <laughs> no, 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 it doesn't though. I clicked the link as well and it don't. Right. So, yeah. so you know, fear not. Comic Book Junto has plans. Mm-hmm. We have ideas. We got ideas. We got a couple things up our sleeves. You want to just talk about it? If you will. I'm not sure if we want to kind of like, do we want to put it out there before we know that yeah. it's going to incubate? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, look, actually, I think there's, you know, we have a, we have a, <clears throat> we have a following, so maybe they can help us out. Yeah. What Adam We're buying I- Comic-Con. Okay. <laughs> Big right. news. We're going to do it right. <laughs> um, but here's what we're trying to do. Adam and I are going to submit a panel to New York Comic Con. And hopefully that panel will get picked up. Yeah. So the idea for the panel is something that we're going to work on together. We're going to write up, we're going to get out to them because we got to get it to... So by the time you're listening to this, we will have already sent our uh, submission off. But basically what it is, is us talking about... um, So I think it's going to be called Comic Book Junto, um, making sense of our world one panel at a time. Yeah. And the idea is we're going to be talking talking about the why, how, and the what of Kampuk Junto yeah. and presenting it in a way so that we can challenge, provoke, and inspire you know, people to use geek culture to challenge, provoke, and inspire their circle of influence um, using that particular medium. We're going to talk about how we do it and hopefully get some other people on a panel to talk about how they do it and maybe give some people some actionable things to yeah. take with them. Cause that's, you know, anybody who listens to the show, you know, that's what we do. We, yeah. we look at the world and we try to make sense of the world using um, the catalyst of something that we all, uh, you know, have in common, which is geek culture. Yeah, exactly. So we want to do a panel and kind of like a live comic book junto with a group of people. So you can at NY comic con, yeah. Is that what it is? It's on uh, NY underscore comic underscore con. Yeah. You can at them and say, make, you know, hashtag, uh, what should it be? Make Comic Con great again. No, no. that's a bad one. <laughs> that's a bad one. That's not good. Don't do that. Uh, no, but, you know, we, we, we're going to submit this proposal and, you know, hit them up and say, hashtag Comic Book Junto. We, we want to see Junto, a Comic Book Junto panel. Comic Book Junto for NYCC. Yeah, some along comic those lines. Comic Book Junto, the number four NYCC. Yeah, we'll, we'll come up with a succinct, trendable, trendable? Oof, that's not a word. No. CBJ we're, we're for gonna, NYCC? That's okay. CBJ for NYCC? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we might come up with something smarter than that, but I like that. Yeah. I like that. We're freestyle. We're literally That's like a license right plate now. number. Yeah. CBJ for NYCC? Yeah. Like, Did you is, get the plate number? The guy who was playing Pokemon Go? Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I got the... Uh, yeah, yeah. What are you, what are you, uh, what are you uh, looking at for? Uh, okay, good. Yeah, he's plates back. over there? Yeah. All right, I got it's, uh, CBJ for uh, uh, NYCC over there. What are you writing it down? You got the you got the iPhone there. You on your notes? What are your notes? 
You writing that down? You want me to uh, want me to do that for you there? You need a pen and pencil? You're gonna use oh, so, oh that's, you got a notepad there in your phone? What's that? What you got? You got a notepad? Fans and listeners, if you are eager to have more <laughs> of this, more of this live, live in New and York. in person, yeah, and in New York, then maybe you're gonna want to give us a boost. What are you uh, going to New York Comic Con? <laughs> okay, good. What are you uh, in the queue there? You what are you uh, refreshing? Huh? What are you? What are you trying to buy tickets? Do you what do you say? We we launch into some news. We get we get. What do you want to do news? Yeah yeah, I do want to do news. In fact, uh, season two of The Wire. I do want to do news. <laughs> that guy always has so many questions. <laughs> uh, we uh, we should get into the news before we get into some of the bigger items. Uh, com- we're talking about Comic Con right now. Comic Con has been announced for next year already. Already, San Diego Comic Con. 2017. The dates are going to be July 20th through uh, July 23rd. So that is Thursday through Sunday, July 20 through July 23. Uh, yeah, I would love to go to Comic Con in San Diego. Yeah, um, it seems like it is the the Shangri La. That is the the beating heart of the. Given all the news that we received this year, yes, the trailers, the the previews. You gotta imagine that we're gonna see all kinds of stuff Ooh. next year. So I would yeah. love to go. And we'll, let's try to make it happen. Let's try to make it happen for next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you got to sign up. You have to do a similar thing like with them. I don't know if it's called fan verification, but I know you have to sign up for some sort of account and then buy tickets and all that kind of thing. Mark your calendar. Yeah. So internet, Junto family, you've been told. Yeah. Okay. Most important news we could possibly Most important go news we can nope, go through is, is what's going on in the world of Pokemon. Let's just get right, right down to the bottom of it. Breaking. This is what you guys are all here for. Mm-hmm. So let's go over a couple stories that are like really at the top of our list. Uh, our favorites. Um, number one, Pokemon Go player shoots would-be robber. <laughs> it's not, it's, I'm laughing, but it's not funny. Gun <laughs> it's violence, not funny? Gun violence. Gun violence. Not funny to me, but, but. So yes, there's I'm a laughing. dude walking around. There's a bunch of guys walking around <laughs> playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> playing, in Las Vegas. Playing Pokemon Go. In Las Vegas. And a dude runs up on him with a gun. Is like, yo, come up off them, them instruments. And he's <laughs> like, I got an instrument of my own. So one of the dudes yeah. was, was carrying as well. Pokemon Go was carrying a concealed weapon. And he, had, he had a heater. He was strapped. They started licking off shots. Yeah. And shots rang off, and both the person who was trying to rob them and the person who was shooting back were injured with non-lethal wounds. My absolute favorite, apart from the fact that non-lethal wounds is great, very happy that people were taught a lesson here without any death. That's wonderful. Stay strapped when you're playing Pokemon. That's what I learned. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the lesson. You gonna play Pokemon at night? Favorite Stay strapped out. Favorite takeaway from this story is this line from the from the rundown. The shootout occurred at 4 a.m. at Gary Reese Freedom Park, a popular spot for catching Magikarp. Magikarp sucks, man. If you're playing Pokemon Go, there is no popular spot for catching Magikarp. Magikarp sucks. What is Magikarp? It's uh, that. It sucks. It's okay. just a, it's just a fish who flaps around on the ground. So if you're out there, at four, what is this a Pokemon four, or is this an actual fish? <laughs> what are you talking oh, about? Oh dear, Octavius! I don't know dear, what you're dear. talking about right that's now. It's a Pokemon. Okay, that's a Pokemon. That is not what Magikarp so it's is. Basically, not a fish that's dying. Terrible, horrible, awful. But it evolves into one of the most powerful Pokemon, the Gyarados. So it's popular because it, it represents this great potential. But boy, is it useless up until that point. Hey, what are you doing at four in the morning trying to catch Magikarp? There's your first problem. There's your first problem. Well, next problem is a situation where a Pokemon Go player uh, was hit by was nearly hit by a driver who was also playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> so you out in a parking lot somewhere, 
at a time where you ain't got no business out there looking down at your phone and somebody else is driving in their car looking down at their phone and you almost die trying yeah. to catch them all. Yeah. Is it worth it? Is it <laughs> worth the internet? For, for whom? Everybody, I guess. I'm like, Is it that important to catch them all? Is it worth your life? Stop playing Pokemon Go while you're operating a vehicle. Please. Stop. You, get, you, you, might, have wanna, to stop. you might wanna look up. Yeah. If from what you're doing when you when you play Pokemon Go. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I imagine a car just careening toward this other person. And then you remember that sketch in the Chappelle show where, uh, uh, what is it? Keeping it real goes wrong. And he's yes. at a nightclub yes. and he gets uppercut and he just does a backflip yes. in the middle of the club. Mm-hmm. I imagine this lady playing Pokemon go, just doing a full backflip right over that car, Trying right over the hood of the all. car. And then they battle in Pokemon or something. I don't know. How do you resolve that conflict? I, sue him. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's how you resolve it. You call your lawyers how you resolve it. Okay, another one. We have a, a like this is this one is so wild. <laughs> a teen was struck by lightning yeah. while playing Pokemon Go. Yeah. This is getting out of control. I think he plays for Team Instinct. I don't know. That is, that is the lightning <laughs> team. <laughs> Look, he, he, quote, it was just really dark. I was on my phone and everything went black. In the next few moments, he was struck by lightning in his back and through his leg. Why do you think he was struck by lightning? Why? Do you think this was like some divine intervention? What is happening? And someone up above. What is God trying to tell us? He was just like, hey, cut that shit out. (laughs) No. What's happening? No. I don't know. Man, like, but this, and that dude was in bad shape. <laughs> yeah, he was. I read. Listen, internet. I'm gonna be honest with you. I read this story before we. Octavius completely lost his mind, and I busted out laughing for for many minutes. Adam was telling me that it was wrong that I laugh, but I did it. <laughs> it happened. It was funny to me. You know, when I read the rest of the article, I found out he was non-responsive for like three days. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. maybe this is a fifteen-year-old boy. He's just trying to catch them all. Hey. Gets hit by lightning. But this is the bottom line. He has powers now. Uh, hopefully, I hope he has the powers of like Zapdos or a Pikachu or like or an Shazam or something. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> like he gets hit by lightning, turns into a grown-ass man. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Wow. This is how Billy Batson became Shazam. He's playing Pokemon, Pokemon Go. Go. <laughs> and he got struck by lightning. Goodness. You remember Static Shock? He's yes. playing Pokemon Go. Ugh. Yeah. All right. Also, Rihanna's out here talking about look here. Um, when you at my show, don't be playing Pokemon Go. Yeah. Okay. I'm not trying to see that. Rihanna. That's does not, not what want I want. That. No. Yeah. Rihanna's, <laughs> Rihanna is not here to share attention with Pokemon. No, no, no. No, no other no. man's is getting attention. I think this is special. Bird because there was a video of a Beyonce concert and there's somebody's taking a cell phone video. This person is standing next to the catwalk in the beehive. Expensive tickets. You space. know where the beehive is? That's basically the pit right up in front. Yes. Right in the like, yeah. main, right on the stage. Yes. Yes. Standing room only. Like, you were you were taking communion from Beyonce's sweat. Oh, God. If you were right there. That sounds not good. I don't know. <laughs> it <laughs> doesn't sure. sound good. Uh, and there's this video of a lady next to the, the catwalk and she's playing Pokemon Go person taking the video is not having it is just not pleased with that behavior and that video went viral and i think rihanna is is responding to something along those lines Uh look hear me out okay frame of reference listening the woman playing pokemon go if she uploads a photo to instagram and there's a pikachu standing next to beyonce Mm -hmm. at a beyonce concert that woman is a hero is she in my book 
Okay. She's a hero in my book. She put those two things together. I love that. I love that. But if she doesn't catch nothing, what are you doing out here? She's gonna she gonna catch a left hook. Disrespected, <laughs> yeah. disrespected the beehive. You don't mess with the beehive. No. If it's no. beehive versus Pikachu, I think Pikachu loses. Beehive versus Pikachu. Yeah. Yeah. B drill. Everybody knows that's big dick B. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Don't mess around with the beehive, man. Yeah. They ain't no nothing, nothing to mess with. Shout out to my, my boy Ray Ray. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Ray Ray. And uh <laughs> uh Punchy Rock. Yeah, so that's uh that is your exclusive Pokemon Go. We just try to keep you updated. You we just want everybody to know, be safe out there, catch them all, do your thing. There are updates coming catch to the app. Catch them all safely. Catch them all safely. That's correct. That's what yeah. this is about. That's, that's the bottom line mm-hmm. is when you're in the process of trying to catch them all. Catch them all responsibly. That's Catch right. them all safely. Catch I, them all safely. I think if the panel doesn't work out, if the comic book Junto panel doesn't work out, then maybe we could do like a, a panel about trying to catch them all responsibly. You know? Like more of a PSA. Right. Yeah, more of a PSA. We just came here to educate. Now look here. All of y'all out there trying to catch them all. Now, make sure when you're catching them, <laughs> you're catching them safely. Yeah. Look at me, boy. I'm talking to you. These, now, these are the kind of conversations that we're going to have with our children. You now, realize this? If you see a Pikachu in the middle of the street, do not run in the street <laughs> after it. You look both ways and then you approach it properly. You don't run in the street. And slowly, too, and quietly. You don't want to scare it. Don't want to scare it away. No, 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 no. Yeah, mm-hmm. you need a drill sergeant out there to let them know. I like this. Uh, I think what everybody came here for on this very episode is our Comic-Con rundown. Yeah, so there's a lot of things that went down in uh, Comic-Con, and Woo! one of the, the main things that happened were loads of trailers. Oh, my goodness. Lots and lots and lots and lots of trailers. Lots of things went down. So Marvel the- gives us Doctor Strange. Apparently, there are trailers for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Thor Ragnarok. None of those three we were able to see, not yet. At least. Not yet. We did get to see a trailer for Luke Cage, the Netflix show that's coming out. A very brief teaser for Iron Fist, Netflix series coming out. And an even more brief teaser for Defenders. Right. And there was also a Doctor Strange trailer. So let's talk about these trailers. Doctor Strange, I did not watch it. Did you see it? Yes, I did. Your thoughts? Uh, I'm not seeing anything new. It's very, very, very trippy. It's just kind of doubling down on things that we've seen before. Mm -hmm. I A little bit of humor, which is nice. I'm happy to see a little humor from Mordo. Um, I'm excited. Nothing has changed for me. I'm just still into it. I do like seeing Benedict Cumberbatch in the costume. I really appreciate having a good look at the costume. It looks good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't watch the trailer, but I have. Blackout Congregations. Blackout Congregations. But um, I have heard information, you know, listening to like interviews and like reading articles that Mm -hmm. this is going to be Marvel Cinematic Universe's entryway into the multiverse. That's right. So this is going to be a scenario where the trippy kind of dimension hopping. Yeah. Like that they're going to introduce that aspect of the Marvel cinematic universe. So I'm excited to see where that goes and where that takes us. And it even gives me hope to see maybe there might be a Miles Morales. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Cause that's the whole point. Of these alternate alternate universes. They they have an opportunity to show a little preview of things that may not necessarily live in the primary MCU. Yeah. Just kind of give a little wink nudge. Check this out. Mm -hmm. I I would really enjoy that. 
Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy didn't see the trailer, but there's a little bit of news. Mm-hmm. Um, we got Taserface. Yeah. Taserface. I don't know anything about that character. No, no. Um, spoilers, spoilers, but this is now information. Kurt, is it Kurt? Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell is playing Peter Quill's dad. I and thought Kurt Russell was playing uh, Planet the Ego. Ego the, the Human Planet. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So he's playing both. He's he, Ego the Human Planet, who is Peter Quill's dad. We don't understand how that happens, uh, but that's what's supposedly happening. Rocky Balboa himself. Yep, Sylvester Stallone is mm-hmm. playing a pivotal role. We don't know exactly what role he's playing, nope. but he's going to be playing a pivotal role. Mm-hmm. He's in there. Um, we got some baby Groot action, from what yeah. we understand. Um, also... Uh, Yondu? Yeah. Yondu apparently is a part of the Guardians of the Galaxy now? Yeah, Yondu was... He was in the first movie, and he was one of the original Guardians of the Galaxy, in the, like, old Guardians of the Galaxy, the pre-Bendis takes over Guardians. So, I guess it makes sense to keep him around. Um, Sure, why not? And he has a fin. Like, back in the day, he had the fin on his head. He's got, like, this crest on his head, and they gave him the crest, which is cool. Yeah, I'm into it. And uh, who are the who are the what, what do they call this? The Ravengers? The Ravengers. So they we they had a bunch of people, a bunch of the Ravengers in costume. Yeah. at Comic Con. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of those characters that we're going to meet. And so I mean, we didn't get to see a lot of this stuff, but no. that's kind of like the quick rundown on what's going on with that. That's right. Now, Spider-Man: Homecoming. They showed a little bit of footage for that, mm-hmm. which we didn't get to see. But some of the news spoilers. Three, two, one. It's your fault. One of the villains, or the villain, is going to be the Vulture. That's right. So, And we heard rumors that it was potentially going to be the Vulture, and yeah. it, it, it seems that that is definitely, absolutely happening. Yeah, what is floating around out there is some um, concept art of Spider-Man kind of swinging around in competition with the Vulture. Um, and what we're hearing is that it is very much a high school movie. Yeah. It, from, so what the director said was, if... Avengers is the penthouse. Spider-Man Homecoming is street level. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting because when you think street level, I think Daredevil. I think Jessica Jones. I think Luke Cage. Sure. Um, But when he explained it, he's like, well, this character with Spider-Man, we're going to see what's it like to be a high school student? What's Mm -hmm. it like to go through puberty? What's it like to ride the train? Yeah. What's it like like, to go to school? It it seems like like they they, they want to give it the Harry Potter treatment where we follow Peter Parker as he gets older and develops his skills and abilities and his friendships and mm-hmm. network and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. You know, of, of course they're going to invest in a franchise that's going to last for a long oh, time. Oh yeah. I mean, and this is officially, we called it the thwipping point. The thwipping like, point. This is legitimately a part of the Marvel cinematic universe now. Yes, it is. Like this is, they, they did it. So, yeah. It can happen. Um, we also got details. John Watts, the director, uh, offered a little tease on what we might see from the new Spidey suit. And he, yeah. he, he mentions that Stark technology, Tony Stark made that suit. So there are a few surprises in terms of things that we may not have seen before. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that we see that kind of like wing webbing thing between yeah. his arms. Yeah. And given that he's going to be going toe to toe with the vulture, mm-hmm. I think that stands to reason. We'll yeah. see a little bit of that. Yeah. And they said that that was part of the reason why they chose the vulture. Cause you think about 
uh, wall-crawling, web-slinging character who's going to be fighting against a character that can fly. That makes for some really, really amazing possibilities when it comes to, like, fight scenes and stuff like that. Also, as far as the casting choices go, we we found out that Tony Revolori is going to be Flash Thompson. And we know him from... Uh, He was in... Dope. Yeah, the movie Dope. And um, Buda- oh Grand Budapest. Grand Hotel. Budapest. Yeah, he plays the protagonist Zero. Mm-hmm. Who, if you haven't seen Grand Budapest, it's great. If you haven't shot. seen, yeah, beautifully shot, really funny, real stylish and silly. If you haven't seen Dope, same, fantastic. Dope and the same director of Dope, Famugiwa. Yeah, uh, I forget his first name. He's going to be directing the Flash. That's right. So we can get into a little bit more when we talk about the the DC stuff. Yeah. But yeah, uh, all right, so what else we got? Okay, Thor Ragnarok also had some information. We didn't actually um, get to see this, but we kind of found out that the general gist of this movie is like buddy cop Hulk and, Hulk Thor. and Thor. Yeah. Kind of a situation. So it, it seems like we're legitimately going to see some Planet Hulk action. Yeah, well, we're super into. We found out, again, spoilers, guys. That's the whole point of Comic Con. Like, if you're the person who's like, I don't want to know anything, you need to just turn this whole uh, episode doomed. off. You're doomed. To, or just fast forward to the books of the week, and that's going to be spoilers, too. Um, but there, you know, we got pictures of like Hulk armor that they're going to have on, just like Planet Hulk. Um, we see, not we, we see, I mean, we heard that. Um, Thor and Hulk are going to be like running at each other and kind of have that similar Batman v Superman moment. So we don't know exactly what's going on, but it sounds dope. Yeah. And we saw a lot of the artwork too for like um, Thor Ragnarok and Guards of the Galaxy vol- Volume 2. And it looks very, I saw this on the internet, very Sega Genesis ish. Yes. Very, yeah, yeah, you know, it does. Very retro. 80s 90s yeah late 80s early 90s that sort of thing this the sega genesis with the the like tron lines through the the font and that sort of thing yeah um i of course i realized i just said sega genesis and tron in the same sentence tron was not on the sega genesis that was the atari it's okay uh thank you so much i appreciate it no problem man i got you uh but it's it's cool I'm, i'm happy to see that style i'm happy to see a style creep in to these movies. So I'm eager to see what they do with volume two guardians of the galaxy because the first one was so much fun. And yeah, Thor Ragnarok looks like it might be the most exciting Thor for me. I mean, the other ones, well, I mean, it sounds exciting. Look, if you're telling me that Hulk and Thor are going to be trapped and, and basically uh, Valkyrie going to be traveling through space yeah, and like getting on each other's nerves and trying to sort it out. I like it. As far as other Marvel movie news, we also found out Captain Marvel is Brie Larson. Yes. So, so Brie, Brie she's Larson. cast. Yeah. She was in, she just won an Oscar yeah. for Room. That's right. And, you know, from what I'm hearing, like Marvel Studios is floored that she would even consider playing the role because Carol Core and Carol Danvers and all the Carol Danvers lovers, like, you know, that's a really, really big deal, especially with um, DC saying, hey, you know, we're the first ones to, to put a female-led superhero movie out there. Yeah. It only makes sense that um, 
Carol Danvers is coming up soon. Marvel needs to be there for that. Yeah, and I, I'm assuming that we'll probably get, guessing, assuming, guessing, that we'll probably have a hint or have some sort of visual or some sort of scene in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I'm hoping, because, because she she's kicking it with the Guardians of the Galaxy in the comics now, mm-hmm. so she's definitely flying around in space, hanging with Peter Quill. That's Yeah, they're in, the same, they're in the same neighborhood, so it makes sense that that would be a place where they kind of connect and meet. Mm-hmm. Also, with what's going on in DC, um, Marvel, talk, yeah. I'm sorry, the Marvel. Let's talk about TV a little bit. Oh, yeah. So, well, unless Black Panther. I was going to say that for last. Yeah, yeah, we, we should, it, we should, because there's that's a trove of stuff to talk about. Yeah. But the television, we got a lot of taste of TV that's upcoming for Marvel. Um, really quick, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Ghost Rider is going to be on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But it's not Johnny Blaze. Robbie Reyes. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the Robbie Reyes. And it's which not is a the, motorcycle. No, it's, his, it's like his bitchin' Camaro. It's like yeah. that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which is more in tune with the current comics. That is the current Ghost Rider right now. Uh-huh. Well, at least we, last we saw. And we Trad got, Moore was uh, illustrating that. Yeah, yeah. And Trad, and Trad oh, Moore is the same so guy. Good. Trad, Trad Moore is the same illustrator for Luther, Luther Strode, Strode yeah. which is very muscly and violent. And so if you just want to see an amazing illustrator, check out Trad Moore and check out his stuff. Yeah. But you were going to get into the rest of the the, the like Netflix rundown. Yeah. So um, we saw a full-length trailer of Luke Cage. What do you think? <laughs> ODB. Yeah, yeah, it starts with shimmy shimmy yeah. You know what I mean? When yeah. I heard ODB, I was like, yeah. Yeah. That's that yeah, we're we're doing this right. Like this is this dude's from Harlem. You know, there's a black director and I thought that was really dope and yep. I listened to some of the panel and he talked about this being the Wu-Tangification of the Marvel, you know, universe and how every single episode is referenced to a gang star lyric or song yes. and how that this being a bingeable series, this is the closest thing to how people used to consume albums back in the day. You would sit down and you would listen to an album from front to back and people don't really do that anymore. So binging TV shows is the closest thing to being like that. So he wanted it to be like an album. He wanted it to be something where completely connected together. And I mean, we find out that Misty Knight's going to be in this. We find out, um, uh, that Luke Cage is this reluctant hero and we're going to find out a lot about his history and Harlem is playing a huge part in the story and all that kind of stuff. And it, like the majority of the cast is black and it is a yeah. black show. It's not, here's the one, and this is similar to what we were talking about before about here's the one black guy. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the only black guy. There's no history. There's no heritage. There's no culture. There's no neighborhood. This is exactly what I want. I want the history. I want the culture. I want the heritage. I want the sound. I want the vibe. I want the feel. Mm -hmm. I want everything that comes with being black. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to just take a black person and insert them into majority culture. I want you to take me to his or her culture. And that's what it seems like is going to happen here. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I'm excited for it too. It looks good. And the thing that I I noted, I mean, apart from the fact that they prominently featured just black characters in the trailer and that they're playing shimmy shimmy ah, is... Between this and the Iron Fist trailer, or the teaser, as it were, man, 
Netflix Marvel hates walls. They just <laughs> smash through walls. Luke Cage is just smashing through walls. Like, yeah. He's throwing people through walls. He's b- bashing down entryways and doors and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we, we got a little taste of that with Danny Rand yeah. in the Iron Fist teaser, where he's just smashing through walls. I'm mm-hmm. like, I would hate to be an architect watching these Netflix shows. Be like, wow, there's a perfectly yeah. good wall. You know what I think is very interesting? How they're even creating them uniquely in how they fight Mm -hmm. luke cage very much functions walks fights and moves like a person who has steel impenetrable he is a brawler and he is a tank he's not dodging anything he's not jumping out of the way of anything he's literally just walking straight ahead almost like you know now he's not even running he's just like well, you can't hurt me so and even when he hits someone he hits them with very much intentionality he's not like daredevil who's dipping and bouncing and jumping and flicking and throw uh-uh he's like let me line it up bang and those are some of the things that i'm going to be curious about how does that affect him in terms of vulnerability right you know, the, the guy who has impossible to penetrate skin how do we make sure that he can actually get beat up you know how or do we raise not, those stakes not that he beat not that he can get beat up but how do we hurt him? Yeah, yeah. So that's a very how good do point. We, how do we challenge him? That's how a do very we good threaten point. Threaten him. What is the conflict that's going to be introduced to Luke Cage? Of course. Yeah. I was wondering too. Do you really need that car door? That I didn't understand. <laughs> He's wielding a car door as though it's a riot shield, but and it's absorbing bullets. Shield. But yeah, he is a riot shield. So you know what? Frankly, maybe he's just playing. You know. Like, this is a thing I can do, so I'm just playing. He's like, you know, I'm just going to tear this off Why not? and just roll somebody up in it. Why not? Yeah. But look great. Mm-hmm. Um, the Iron Fist trailer was super short. Very. But we got a couple, you know, visuals, but we really didn't get... It, it wasn't a lot to look at. Nope. We didn't see him doing any martial arts. We didn't see him do anything but stand there and be bearded. Yep. So still kind of like, I'm like, okay, cool, it's coming, but... It I'm could wa- go anywhere. I'm waiting to see more. And the same with Defenders. Really, all we got with Defenders is spelling the word Defenders, using the logos of some of the heroes that make up the Defenders. Yeah. And we also, at the end of that trailer, see Punisher. Yeah. And in Comic-Con, they announced officially that there is going to be a Punisher series coming. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you saw this. There was also a Daredevil Season 3 trailer. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, which was very brief as well. That was the shortest one. Yeah. We saw a little subway sign and it shows uh, uh, like train one, two, and those flicker out and and three, the the, the three lights up with flashes. Uh, splashed on it, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. made me go. So they're going underground. Yes. They're going underground. Yeah. So I'm curious what's happening with that one. And it's funny to see that get teased because it feels like we just had Daredevil. Yeah. yeah. Just had it. But they're, they are working. Marvel is working mm-hmm. and, and getting this stuff out. And speaking of working, let's go to Black, hashtag Black Panther so lit. Yes. Um, we got a lot of Black Panther. We find that we, we have Ryan Coogler, mm-hmm. who's the director, and we... All, we always knew that Chadwick Boseman was playing T'Challa. Yep. Um, and we knew we were going to Wakanda, but mm-hmm. we didn't know who we were going there with. So we find out that Lupita Nyong'o is going to be playing one of the Dora Milaje. Yeah. And we find out that um, Dana Guerrero. And wait, how do you say her name? I, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but it, it's it's like Denai or Denai Denai Guerrero, who's basically 
ass kicker Michonne from The Walking Dead. That's right. Is going to be the leader of the Dora Milaje. Mm-hmm. And she's going to be in Black Panther as well. And Michael B. Jordan is going to be the bad guy. Eric Killmonger. Killmonger in Black Panther. Yeah. Like that lineup. Yeah. Of dark skin, black, excellent actors. Like there's, there is not one bad there's not one, uh, well, all of them are like top notch. I was just, I was so, I was so hyped to see them at a panel as a crew. Yes. Coogler and, and Michael Jordan and then I, yeah, like each just, other up. That's just dope. Like, I, I don't like that that seems so remarkable, that that seems so special, but damn, that but it, it seems special. It is special because it doesn't, because it doesn't happen. No. It was this, it was a similar thing to like when you see the Luke Cage panel. Yeah. And the truth of the matter is, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Where, when we don't, well, I don't want to see the one black guy. Yeah. In the white world. Right. You know, mm-hmm. take me to where Wakanda, take mm-hmm. me to Harlem. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Show me what it's like there. Cause we've seen, like we, I've said many times on the show, the white, straight, Christian male. Yeah. We have heard that story, seen that place, gone there over and over and over and over again. We've gone there in outer space. We have gone there on earth. We have gone there. Where, where else can spir- we find? We've gone there spiritually. Yeah, we've gone well, there intellectually, mentally. We the, have found on on remote, remote planets. We we're underwater. White everybody's men. white. Yeah. On planet whatever, everybody's white. <laughs> the only people who ain't white are aliens. You know what I'm saying? It's like. Yeah. yeah. And if there's someone who's not white, there's one. Yeah. And it just doesn't explain where they come from. Mm-hmm. So I love the fact that we're actually having these people tell these stories. I agree with you. I, I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm in as far as that goes. It's, it was really so, exciting to see them present. for that. Black Panther so lit. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to, I guess, cap all of that, evidently it seems like we're going to get nine Marvel movies over the course of the next three years. Yeah. That's a lot of movies. Dang. I mean, we're talking Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Guardians Volume 2. We're talking Thor Ragnarok. We're talking uh, Avengers Infinity War, Parts 1 and 2. Uh-huh. Um, and there's also going to be Doctor Captain, Strange. Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel. Inhumans. Yeah. Um, it's, we, it, they're, it's they're popping ta- I think off. It's because Kevin Feige is the leader, right? I believe so. We're talking all the way out to 2021, I think he was talking. Yeah. That's, that's the horizon that they're looking at. Yeah. Far out. So it's a great time to be a geek, man. And it's a great time to be a Marvel fan. And this doesn't have to do with Marvel movies that are coming out, but this, this is a story that I thought was very notable. And I would love for this to actually ride on the, the coattails of Black Panther being so exciting and seeing that cast uh, at, at Comic-Con. There's a really interesting announcement revelation at this Comic-Con. Something that I can't think of another example where something like this has, has been announced, but... Marvel decided during one of their panels, the women of Marvel was the panel. Marvel decided to announce the smartest, most intelligent, most like mentally capable character in the Marvel universe is Moon Girl. Mm-hmm. Is Moon Girl. Is Lunel Lafayette. Nine-year-old. Or Lafayette. Yeah, she's nine. Nine-year-old, black, curly-haired, 
girl. Yes. I live for this. And the thing that gets me is these are the kind of conversations you and I have. These are the kinds of conversations that fans have where you talk like who's smarter, Reed Richards or Tony Stark? Who's smarter? You know, like that's the sort of stuff that drives us, Mm -hmm. that fuels us, have those kind of conversations. And I really enjoy Marvel saying, let let me just go ahead and resolve this one up front. It's, it's Linnell. It's Moon Girl. Go ahead and carry on. That makes me want to read that now. That is so exciting to me. Yeah. That is very exciting to me. I like that. That's that's that just represents something new, something really exciting. That was announced by Sana Amanat. She is a, a Marvel's director of content and character development. Now, I've seen her speak on talk shows before, uh, Seth Meyers' talk show, and she's very eloquent and wonderful. And I think what she represents and what she's working toward at Marvel is a good, good thing. Mm-hmm. And staying with Marvel uh, in the comic book arena, what's going on with Black Panther? Presently, you mean? So the, there's there's another book that's coming out. Oh yeah, 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 and yeah. I, I don't remember exactly what it was. Do you, you, remember? you know what? That's a really good point. Um, this uh, stories of Wakanda. Um, it's basically a uh, it's basically a Black Panther Wakanda Wakanda based story about the women of Wakanda. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be written by Marvel's first Black woman. Is that correct? Roxanne Gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Roxanne Gay, I believe, is the first black woman working in creative for Marvel. And I could be wrong about it, and I hope I am, but I, I believe she is the first black woman working at Marvel writing stories. Roxanne Gay is spectacular. I, I got. The, now, I don't know much about her stuff. I'm not going to front. She, uh, she was doing an interview with. Um, Oh, gosh. Uh, This American Life, not too long ago, in which she talked about being fat. And the episode was about being fat and, and like, what that's about. Like, Mm -hmm. talking to not people, not using the word overweight, because that denotes, like, that there is a weight that you should be, and then you are over it. But talking to these people about what they are, how they feel, what their bodies look like. And Roxanne Gay is uh, on This American Life talking about how, A, she's black. So she's got that going for her. And B, uh, medically speaking, she is categorized as super morbidly obese. Mm -hmm. So she's got that going for her. Okay. So she's got a lot of interesting perspectives and challenges Mm -hmm. and obstacles in Mm -hmm. this world. And to have her be a part of Marvel's storytelling unit, I think is really powerful. Wait, so what she said, help me with the fat thing. What's she saying about No, that? that's the thing. You just got to listen to that episode. Okay. I, I cannot possibly take on Ira Glass and, and This American Life. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal episode. And I believe it is called Call Me Fat. Hmm. And it's from a few weeks ago. So not overweight, fat. Yeah, it's it has to do with the preference of certain people. Not everybody in the world is going to say call me fat, right? But it has to do with this like movement about people's body types and their acceptance and understanding of body types. I I would like to, very interesting. Uh, so, you know, let me just shout out NPR right now as if they need it. Yeah. It's it's excellent storytelling. Uh, really great character stuff. I I love it very much. Highly recommend it. All right. Yeah. On to DC. Well, welcome Roxanne Gay into comics, into Marvel universe. Yes. Welcome. Welcome. We're looking forward to, to that's already on the pull list. Right? Yeah. So um, well, let's move on to DC. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people were really excited about this Wonder Woman trailer. Mm. I lost my mind. Tell me about it. I lost my mind. 
I was at the gym and I was running. I was on a treadmill and I was watching this. And when the music starts pumping in and when they showed the logo, I was blazing. I was like, my heart was pumping. Ten. Oh my God. I was so excited. Uh-huh. And I was worried at first. I'm, I'm not sure how this is going to get done. I remember when they were trying to do a, uh, a Wonder Woman TV show with Adrian Palicki, who went on to play, I believe that's how you say her name. She went on to play Mockingbird um, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. Um, and that looked like trash. That TV show, that treatment, that was not working out mm-hmm. at all. So I was a little concerned about where this was going and what it was going to look like. This hit every note. The colors, the, the vibrance yeah. of it, yeah. it looks like something that we need. Mm-hmm. Hopeful, exciting, action-oriented, and badass feminist. And that line with uh, Stephen Trevor, when he says, like, I can't let you do that. And she says, yeah, I don't think you have any say in what I do. You know do. what the line like, was? Ooh. You know what the line was for me? Mm. The line was, she, where, where uh, I forget the woman's name. She goes, I'm a secretary. And she goes, what's a secretary? She goes, basically, I go where he tells me to go, and I do what he tells me to do. She goes, where I'm from, that's called a slave. Yeah, and she's, and it's she's like, at a candy, like, by the way. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah, it was. She's like, I like her. I and like her. Like, All right. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was interesting. I'm. I'm interested in actually seeing what the perspectives are, and yeah. you know how they tell the stories and how they. And I, and I'll tell you, internet. For me, I'm recognizing because I was talking to my wife about this today. Actually, I'm recognizing how much seeing really smart, really strong, really powerful, really athletic, you know, women how much that's encouraging me in changing the way I think about things. Yeah. You know, and how much media plays a role in how I see women. Yeah. Even like as I'm looking at it, I'm going, man, I'm seeing things differently now. Mm-hmm. You know, like me seeing women in these roles is really making me go, yeah, I want my daughter to grow up and be like that. Wonder you woman. know, yeah. but it's not, but when you don't see those things, as a man, even, it affects the way you see women. Absolutely. It affects what you expect out of women. It affects the way um, you, you, you relate to women and, and how you treat women. So um, it's definitely been an interesting thing for me to continue to see these stories being told from a different perspective. Yeah. Because, I mean, as a black man, I can point out and go, hey, here's how you don't, you don't see us rightly. Yeah. But... I'm not even recognizing how I got it twisted with women until a woman comes along and goes, excuse me, how about you look at it from this perspective? And that's what's so wild. It's 2016. This movie doesn't come out until 2017. And it's just like, you know, you take that opportunity and you think, how did it take so long? How did it take so long? To have this and to get excited by this and to, to have that remarkable epiphany like, oh, yeah, that's a thing. Like you, We can have a badass lady on the screen doing her thing. It's, it's wild to me to think about that. But yeah. if, to that note, it's about damn time. And Wonder Woman looks Excellent. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get my hopes up, like you know. Yeah, we you ain't do. seen we ain't seen the movie yet. Who but knows? The, the, tra- but the trailer, the trailer is cool. It's pushing all my buttons. But I just I'm, wanna, I'm excited. You know, but like I always say, I want to see her move, and she, it, I, I, this trailer showed me that. Hey, that combat was cool. She's out here breaking Woo. guns, and, and the lasso sliding, looks good. And the shield looks sliding good. Sliding on the shield and knocking people out. Yeah. 
knocking away grenades and yeah. the scene where she's got the shield up and they're like yeah. all the bullets are shooting at her yeah. and she's just like bracing underneath it. I'm like, yeah! I put, that, I put that animated gif up on my Facebook. This is me against my haters. Bah, 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 bah. Just defending myself yeah, right now. That's good. Ugh, that's I'm very good. excited about that. And it wasn't only that. We got Justice League. Dark. Well, not no Justice League the the trailer. Yes, yes, yes. As the, in like regular we're talking Justice League trailer. Cyborg. We're talking Flash. We're talking Bruce Wayne. Apparently, who is out there recruiting? Yeah, Bruce, not Batman. Yes, Bruce. Bruce Wayne's out there letting people know what it's hitting for. Yeah, saying, "I hear you talk to fish." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, talking to Jason Momoa like that. Yeah, who looks like an excellent Aquaman. Hey, man. Like, you know, a lot of people made fun of Aquaman over the years, but Jason Momoa makes, makes Aquaman look badass. What's your take on the Justice League trailer? I thought it was definitely what I didn't know that I wanted Ooh. from a Justice League movie. Okay. You know, like it was lighthearted. Yeah. While it was still serious, it was funny. While it was still doing a good job of communicating what was going on. Yeah. So it wasn't slapstick, you know, like super friends. We're all buddies. Let's, I'll, I'll get you. It wasn't, it wasn't like that. Sure. But there was some good, fun banter and humor. Yeah. The like, stuff with Wally West. The, I mean, the flash scene yeah. was amazing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just really excited to see where this goes. I'm excited to see the the relationship between all these characters come together and see how that all comes together for a common situation and then how they spread out afterwards. I'm excited to see where it goes and I have questions. Okay. Like I want to know why Bruce Wayne is recruiting people. Well, and, we know why. And well, I want to know why Bruce is recruiting people and just giving up that he's Batman right out the gate. Like yeah, him, that is him a question. surprising Wally West and then throwing the batarang. You know, he's like, hey, what up? I'm Batman. He could have thrown a book. Yeah. I mean, and any number of things could have happened there. But it's it's interesting that this is the way that it, this is going. Right. Because I think back to some of the animated DC movies. And in some of those, the other Justice League folks, they, they don't, don't know, know who, who Batman is. is yeah. And that's a part of his appeal. He's just like, damn, that dude is a mystery. And I'm curious how they're going to arrange for that. It's good to see Cyborg. He looks identical to Kano from Mortal Kombat. And Jax mixed together. And Jax, what you going to do? Um, and I had remarked to you, we know Superman's not present for the trailer right now. Right. I think we confidently know that we will see Superman at some point. Well, in Comic-Con, he came out with the rest of Justice League. Yeah. So, But seeing it, having him be absent from the trailer, for me... I understand why, but it felt like seeing only three of the four Ninja Turtles. Be like, I know there's another Ninja Turtle. You know what? I didn't really miss him. No? Honestly. I really like Superman. No, no, no. It's not that I don't like Superman. It's that the way the trailer was cut, I didn't go, well, where's Superman at? Like, sure. Because it seemed like the story that they were telling me was what I was focused on. Yeah. I didn't even recognize that Superman wasn't in the trailer. Fair enough. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. the way, the way, the direction that the director was pointing my eye was to, hey, hey, listen to the story I'm telling you. I'm yeah. telling you, look here, look here, look here. He didn't just kind of have me like floating around going, here's a picture of everybody but Superman. Yeah, you know? yeah right, right. It was it's like, just like a perforated line. We're going to talk about Batman 
and as Bruce Wayne going and trying to look for Aquaman. Yeah. He's going to go try to look for uh, Flash. He's going to go out and have a conversation with Wonder Woman and say, hey, how's it going? And they're going to crack jokes. and But yeah. at the same time, still have a serious threat going on. So, yeah. It's the sense of humor that makes me feel optimistic. You know, that, that this seems like they can have a team movie and it'll have some levity. And here's what really, really made me excited. Thinking about the movie Dope yeah, that Fabuiwa did mm-hmm. and then seeing how The Flash is portrayed in this movie, Justice League. Yeah. Man, when I think about how what Fabuiwa was going to do with The Flash once he gets a hold of him, it's like, because if you see Dope, you're like, man, this is a really, really good, unique, you know, special movie. It doesn't really... It doesn't really look like anything that's going on right now. It takes you back to almost like old Spike Lee joints. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah, it so, does. So like if we're if if we're what his take, especially with all that levity and that humor and the speed force, just like you gotta think, like I was reading this article about like these science these sciencey folk who actually calculated how fast was the flash actually actually moving <laughs> yeah, I when know. he threw that you battery. sent me that link and my brain was like i'm not i can't even bother with so this. bottom line here's what it says it's basically saying that 60 seconds to the flash to to us is like six minutes to the flat, wait, is that what is, is that what it was no i'm telling you i did not even read that article you didn't my, read it my brain said no my brain, my body, tell me yeah. No, I saw that article and I thought, I can't do, I can't even put this together right now. Someone else, some, some moon girl can put this together, but it's some, not me. Some moon girl it's can not put me. this together. Well, I'll look it up and I'll, and I'll tell you guys later. That was not the only Justice League tease that we got. We also found out that there's a new DC animated movie coming, Justice League Dark. Yes. What's your interest level in Justice League Dark? Uh, I watched a little bit of that little eight-minute teaser that they put out, and I didn't really have any feelings about it until I watched that teaser. Yeah. And they basically said the Justice League Dark are the people who deal with the mystical, you know, like crazy occult situations. These are the guys that aren't superheroes that aren't perfect and they actually deal with the things that the justice league can't deal with that's right because the justice league don't know how don't have the powers to yeah. i mean the one thing superman can't deal with magic ghosts whatever that whatever <laughs> that means yeah right like what's magic you know what i'm saying yeah. like it's such a catch-all term but um i like that i like that idea of like there's something that Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Cyborg, Flash, the rest of the crew, there's there's a realm that they even they are like, oh, I can't. I, I you gotta call Lennon. this is our like Doctor Strange uh, contingent right. sort of thing. Because we got John Constantine, Zatanna, Swamp Thing, which is really exciting to me. We'll get Swamp Thing in in a feature length animated movie, Etrigan. Uh, Black Orchid. Some of these characters I'm not super familiar with. I don't know a ton about Justice League Dark, but I like the idea of there being a mystical Justice League. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm set. I'm, I'm excited for it. And DC animated movies are phenomenal on the whole, usually, for the most part. And then there's Killing Joke. Yeah. But that's a different episode, yeah. my friends. Real so, quick, guys, I want to read you this that I saw in this article. Yeah. So 
it, this is what they kind of found out through doing their science stuff. This is your science corner. This is yeah. your math corner. One second in our, this is about the flash in the, in the trailer. One second in our world equals roughly 62 seconds in the flash's world. Okay. One minute for us, a shade over a half hour for him. If he is at speed the whole time. Yeah. And they're talking about the fact that this is more of a reflexive thing. Okay. Like in that scene. So it's more like, oh, like, you know, when someone throws something at your head, you kind of just move. Like you're not really, you don't, you're not even thinking. Sure. So it's not that he was moving at max speed. He sure. wasn't giving it everything he got. Like, you know, when you run at top speed, that's way different than if you quickly move your head out of the yeah, way. Yeah, of course. Something like that. Yeah. So for, for, for one second to us to equal 62 seconds to him. Yeah. That just goes to show you how fast he can process information, how fast he can probably read, yeah. how fast he can, he, he can calculate and deal with what's going See, on. See, here's the thing, though. When somebody says, how fast is the Flash? My answer is, he's fast, right? Because as soon as you start getting into that, then you start getting into that. You, you ever get introduced to that argument of who wins in a fight? Goku or Superman? And people are like, well, right. depending on what uh, uh, Saiyan level Goku was at, yeah. he has this amount of strength. And when he fought in Perfect Cell, then he was here. But when he fought Kid Boo, he was here. And Superman was uh, capable of lifting a locomotive this quick. I'm like, nah, we can get buried. We can get buried in these details. And it's really fun to have that argument. But <laughs> Come on. I, well, I just thought I would just thought it was fun to kind of make it to synthesize that to to basically put it in layman's terms for me. Yeah, because you have to think about because I, for example, here's this there's this thing I do when I drop something, I catch it with my foot. Like I just I don't even think like I've dropped my phone, I've dropped a cup, I've or I can like kind of brace the fall with my foot, and my foot moves faster than I can even like rec- you like hacky sack it kind of. <laughs> so like if I would drop my phone right there, my foot is there before I can react. Okay, yeah. you know what I mean. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I know that that happens really fast. There's been situations where I react in a car. I'm like, wow, how did I react that fast? Sure. There's been situations where I've almost been hit by something, and I'm like, whoa. You know, I didn't even have enough time to think. I just reacted. Yeah. So when you say one second to me <laughs> is 62 <laughs> seconds to the flash, it kind of puts it in perspective that something that takes one 1,000 is a minute and two seconds for him. That's just fun for me to go, oh, okay, it makes sense. Yeah. That's all. It just, just Justice League roll call. Hal Jordan, what do you do? Well, I have this ring and can make absolutely anything. Okay, cool. Uh, Kal-El, what you do? I'm from another planet. Oh, I'm right. basically impenetrable. I can fly. Uh, I've got heat vision. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Octavius A. Newman, what you got? Fast foot. Fast foot. Man, I dropped, Hacky foot. I dropped my, my phone. Fast foot. <laughs> okay. Faster than the speed. Cool. You know what I'm saying? Good, good. Well, I noticed that you rolled up here on your, your motorcycle. You took a long, slow time getting all out of that. Conser- but, you're saying you're, but you're saying you got that fast foot. Conserving energy. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you need it, you need it. Power level is over 9,000. Yeah, you got yeah. to hold that in. That's good. I like that. So that's uh, we we have some other things that we, that we saw at Comic Con. We got a Kong Skull Island trailer. So excited! We got about a that. King Arthur trailer that's going to be directed by Guy Ritchie. Yeah, yeah. How about that? Uh, so that's interesting. I mean, there's there. We don't have enough time to go through all the stuff, but mm-hmm. you know, if you go to comicbook.com, they have 
all of the trailers in one place that you can check out. There's even a new um, intro for Marvel Studios. Yeah, they have a new logo and yeah. a new intro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's that. We're going to talk about this last thing very briefly yep. because we're going to do a one-shot on this. This will be a little segue into the next episode that we do, hopefully between now and next week. We'll have some words on The Killing Joke. Batman The Killing Joke, which we saw on Monday. That's right. Uh, we saw the 7.30 showing, barely, because you know the DNC was going on here in Philly and I was driving all over we the place. We are popping off in Philadelphia. Um, and torrential downpour. Crazy. Like, it, and nothing wanted us to be able to get there on time. But we did it. But we did it. Um, so Batman The Killing Joke made over $3 million on Monday night. Whew. So when you talk about the money made per screen, that's way more money than any other movie made per screen. I think it came in number three in the box office behind Star Trek and something else. And this is an incredibly limited release in the theater. So it serves to make sense that they added another showtime, added another night of shows on on Tuesday the 26th. Compare this to whatever they were expecting originally, which would have just been streaming to iTunes or whatever. Direct to Blu-ray, that sort of John. So... I think we're going to see more of this thing, like Fathom events, releases, of uh, a limited release of, let's say, Justice League Dark. Maybe, yeah. I hope we see more of that, but I wonder how much of it was contingent on the fact that this is Batman killing joke. Yeah, I, I think the fact that it was Batman killing joke had a lot to do with it because yeah. um, I know there'd be a lot of people who would go see an animated movie in the theater, but I don't think it'd be... Is many people who are going to go see something that was iconic as Batman the Killing Joke. Yeah. So we're not going to get too deep into it because we have lots of thoughts, lots and lots of thoughts yes. about this. Um, this is a film that's causing a lot of people to have thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be good to talk about. Oh, we're going to junto through that one. Adam had the nerve to say, man, I don't think we could talk about this for an hour. Yeah. Okay. Well, I thought I have talked about it for well over an hour since then. Yes. It was just immediate reflection. I, I felt some kind of way. I think basically what I was saying is, I don't know that I want to, Yeah, but I do. I do. And we will. Yes. And we are also going to do these commentary tracks. That's right. Eventually. We're going to figure it out. Yeah. And we're going to do a live show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're going to do a show at Comic-Con. Yeah, and we are buying Comic-Con. Once again, my friends, we bought that. Didn't happen. No. In our dreams. Uh, This is the section where we're going to get into talk back right now. Uh, We love talking to you, our listeners, people who are part of the Junto. Um, We'd love to hear from you. We want to know your questions, your comments, your feedback, and we want to give you an opportunity to be a part of the show. So in this segment, we're going to read tweets and emails and and, uh, respond to a few of those things. And I have two. Uh, One is a little... Just kind of a quick nod, and the other one we'll get into more in depth. The quick nod, I just want to bring this up. Our boy, Lord Penniless, he gave us a piece of fan art. He drew Man-Man. Crazy. That that man, he drew Man-Man. It's funny. He's wearing the Infinity Gauntlet. He got a diaper on. He got a diaper on. He's got a binky in his mouth. He got on no shoes. He's got no shoes on. And then, like, as far as it goes, I think you, you had mentioned that is not what Man Man looks like in your brain. Not in my brain. But this is this is maybe our like ultimate universe, <laughs> Man Man. I just appreciate that he did it. Yes, I think that that's really really flattering. Yes, I'm honored that someone would take the time and their talent yeah. to to draw up a version of some something that 
I freestyled yes. and made up. <laughs> and we we're sitting there cracking jokes about. So I'm honored. Yeah. And I appreciate you, you know, for taking the time talk to 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 draw that. Now, if anybody wants to draw Octavius Fast Foot Newman, please uh go for it. Be you know, be be invited yeah. to do that. Please do that. Yeah. That would be wonderful. And if anybody wants to draw uh, Scoochie, do that as well. Scoochie! <laughs> you can do that too. So I just wanted to give a really quick shout out to Lord Pennyless. Yeah. And if you guys, we forgot to say this part. Yeah. For Talkback, if you guys have any questions that you want to ask us, you can submit them using hashtag AskCBJ yes. on Twitter, or you can send an email to comicbookjunto at barefruit.com. That's comicbookjunto at b3arfruit.com. And we might read your question and answer it on the show. That's right. So now let's get into an email. This next one comes to us from Detroit Mail. We love hearing from you, Detroit Mail. And this is less of a question and more of some thoughts, I think, for you and I to riff on, Octavius. Uh, Detroit Mail writes us, he says, So I've been thinking of something lately. With black comic book characters, it seems like the scales are being tipped in their favor. For example, I look at T'Challa, and he's considered one of the most intelligent and one of the wealthiest people in the Marvel Universe. The new Iron Man, woman, is super intelligent, and Moon Girl is probably considered the smartest person in the Marvel Universe. I am a black man, and it's just something I have wondered, and Comic Book Junto is the only time I've felt that I can just throw this out for discussion. I am excited to see more black people in the MCU. I was just curious what others may think. I don't believe it's right or wrong. I just something I was wondering about. Yeah. And the, if, if we, just to kind of give some context, please, um, the email subject, just to kind of give, give an idea of what exactly he's asking. It says tipping the scales question mark. Yeah. So that, that's kind of what he's pitching. Like, are we tipping the scales in the favor of, Black folk, people of color. Yeah. Um, what, what, what do you say, upon getting this email, reading through this, you know, parsing what Detroit Mel is, is, is offering to us and thinking yeah. about, where does your mind go? Um, I think that the fact that this is even a question is the point. Yes. I feel you. That's the point. I feel you. Think about it. Man. The smartest person in the world is a black girl. Man, the most technologically advanced people in the world are black people. Yeah. Man, the richest people in the world are black people. Are we tipping the scales? And it's like the fact that you that this is so odd and crazy and what mm-hmm. is the point? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be crazy. It, you shouldn't have to bat an eye. No. You shouldn't bat an eye. You should go, sounds about right. Yeah. And media has taught us that. Whoa. Wow. Look at that. Yeah. The most technologically advanced people are black Africans. Oh, okay. It shouldn't be like that. Yeah. You know, the smartest girl in the world is a black girl. Oh, my God. It makes me yeah. think of when when uh, um, Ta-Nehisi Coates was announced to be the writer for this the, the current Black Panther series. Uh-huh. There were a couple of things that get batted around in the media. One was Ta-Nehisi Coates can write a comic book. <laughs> and, well, yeah, of course he can. He can do whatever the hell he wants. And then the second thing was 
uh, it's a story about Wakanda, which is a country of black people. And get this. They're technologically advanced. And another thing, they've never been conquered. How crazy. What? And it's it's funny because, yeah, let's let's be realistic. Yes, that is notable. And people talk about that. Mm-hmm. But why is it notable? Why? And and the fact that you have to think through that is is something. Yeah. Is absolutely something. What what that something is, I don't know that i've able to nail it down i bet if i talk in a circle for long enough i can figure it out sure um but it definitely is something to point out and go um you know i think it it depends on where you come from depends on your background but as a black man you know we've seen let me speak to your manager and a black woman walks out oh Hmm. what you mean oh oh what Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh what yeah why are you surprised right well, I just expect you expected what a white man, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's I'm the boss. Why does that blow you away? Yeah. Who drew this? A black girl. Oh, oh, what? Yeah. Wait, hold on. What is it in your mind that makes you so surprised? Right. So I think that's really the thing to dig into and go, what is our perception of black people that this is the question mm-hmm. are, are are you know are, are we are we skewing things in in black people's favor with our storytelling it's like maybe yeah and the exception to the rule what proves the rule yeah the fact that we have to make an exception proves that there's something to make an exception for yeah that's yeah. that's what that's showing you it's showing you that if things, if we are tipping the scales, doesn't it mean the scales might be un- unbalanced to begin with? Absolutely, it does. You know, and that's kind of the way I look at it. So, yeah, Mel, I, I get your question. I think that it would be a conversation to go, man. It seems like they're making all the black characters really, really awesome, and it's like. Think the argument would be because the black characters have been very non-existent for a long period of time. Yeah, they haven't been well represented, and they haven't been represented as smart, capable, intelligent, advanced, elite. Yeah. So that now, when we see them, even black people are surprised. Yeah. Even our, even us, we are. Because, like, I mean, you've heard me on the show, never been conquered. I'm, and you think about slavery and you think about where we've come from. And, and what that we've first been issue of Black Panther, that, that, that was moving. Yeah. That was significant. This idea that we are completely independent. Yeah. You can't roll up in here and tell us nothing. And, and, and as black people in America or wherever you're listening, that's kind of a foreign concept. Yeah. But people of White people, majority culture, that's not foreign. Mm-hmm. If anything, it's normal to roll up in somewhere, somewhere and go, you know what? We're taking over. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, you're going to be like us now. You're going to do what we say. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think that's really exposing. And I, it's not something that should necessarily make you feel bad, but it should give you pause and go, uh, yeah. why, why, why am I even asking this question? What's going on inside of me and my perspective? And even me, Mel, it's not just you, even me. Like I said, when you go to your, when you go to the interview and the black guy interviews you, you're like, "Oh, what's up, bro? I didn't know." And it's like, "Why you didn't know?" Yeah. And yeah. it's not even necessarily something wrong with you, but it's it, I think what it does is it points out that black excellence is an abnormality. Yeah. Brown people of color who are excelling 
culturally, we see that as an anomaly and an abnormality. And that in itself should show you that something's wrong. Yeah, it's this busted culture. So we have these busted expectations. And the last line in Detroit Mel's email is, I don't believe it's right or wrong. It's just something I was wondering about. To say right or wrong, to, to enter right or wrong into this, maybe this is not the correct phrasing, but it's, it's not right or wrong. It's just accurate. We have, we're finally getting an accurate depiction of the real damn world. And I think of the things that I've tweeted and retweeted in the past days, weeks, as far as comic news goes. Riri Williams, next Iron Man, she's a black woman. I'm like, yes, RT, fave, star, like, I love this, right? And then I see the, the news about Moon Girl. Smartest woman, or smartest character in, in the Marvel Universe is a black girl. I'm like, yes, RT, fave, likes, share this all over the place. And I think about what's so notable. I'm like sharing this because check this out. It's unexpected. Check this out. It's an anomaly. Bet you didn't see this coming. And for me, I'm excited about that. Like even you said, man... Like seeing this all black cast for Black Panther, it's it's so powerful. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. That, yeah, meditate on that. Why haven't you? Yeah, you know what I mean. Why haven't you? And what does that say? Yeah, about where we're at and where we've come, and what we've what where we're moving towards and what we've come from. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that really does speak to a lot of different things. And I'm not even going to claim like I understand it fully. No, but it's I, a lot to take in. There's so much to think about. There's so much to think about. But the, the thing that really gets me, what, what I'm really pumped about is the increased visibility. And I think accurate depictions of the real world in the medium that we like and Unfortunately, it's taken a very long time for us to get those accurate depictions. Yeah. So we've built up different expectations about what we think is normal. So let's break it down. Who's the valedictorian? It's a black girl. Yeah. Is, is that possible on planet Earth? Internet, listener, can a black woman be the valedictorian of your elementary school, middle school, High school, mm-hmm. master's class, master, ma- master's program, mm-hmm. doctoral pro. Is, it, is that possible? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what we're depicting here. Mm-hmm. So would you dare say, now walk with me here. I'm not trying to thrash anybody, but I'm trying to get you to think. Would you go, are we tipping the scales? There's a black woman who's the valedictorian. Are, are we, are we kind of like making it, we giving like an unfair, she's just smarter than you. Mm. And that's it. Mm. It's, it's possible for a black girl to be smarter than you. It, it could happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it shouldn't. Like, there are really, really smart black women. Uh, like, yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> they're super smart. They're smarter than you. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so, so the smartest people in the neighborhood are the black kids. Yeah. Wakandans, right? Sure. The most technologically advanced, the most innovative people are the people who don't look like you. Mm -hmm. Is that possible? Nah, can't be. Not where they come from. Well, look at hip hop. Mm -hmm. 
Look at the art culture that comes from the black community. Look at the things that that, that community has made from having less than majority culture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Look at the athleticism and ability that people of color have, you know, coming like, you know what I'm saying? So I when do. you really look at it, it's like you shouldn't be so surprised. Yeah. Because this kind of this, but, but that may not be what your narrative, the narrative that you've been you've seen yeah. you know what i'm saying so when it comes across your timeline you're like this is odd yeah but it's it's not so odd in real life that's the way it can happen you know what, what i want to move toward too is noting that moon girl's the smartest noting that riri is incredibly smart noting that uh um uh, T'Challa is, you know, incredibly powerful and, and wise and, and, and wealthy. It's easy for us to take attributes and just attach them. Like, th- here's one basic understanding of this character. Um, Lunel is smart, right? What I, what I want to move toward is accurate depictions, not of just an entire race of people, but also how complicated those people are. How complicated. Yeah. As we see in Black Panther, it ain't just sunshine and rainbows and iPhones. Yeah, exactly. And, and swimming in, in in money like, you know, Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, and when we say, you know, black women are superheroes, we also have to say, maybe first, black women are human beings. And human beings are, are nuanced yeah. and complicated. Uh-huh. And it's impossible to say they're just smart or they're just one thing. Or in, or in their you know, eliteness, they're somehow immune to the reality of life or, you know, messiness or random situations. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so it doesn't somehow make them, you know, they're still, they're still who they are. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And And it would be a boring book if she was just like, I'm the smartest girl there is. That's it. I'm the smartest girl there is. Yeah. And i I'm I like smarter this, than you. Like, because, you know, sometimes smart people are jerks. <laughs> which is also possible. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, oh, that's I'm, legit. What did you get on the test? Oh, an A minus. I got the highest grade in the class. I do not like Moon Girl. And it's not like, it's not I don't like, like Moon Girl now. Yes. And I don't care if she's black, white, Latino. I don't care if she's got an afro or what. If you're a jerk, you're a jerk. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and that's not a good enough. Remember, we talked about this. Being black is not a good good enough story for me. No. That's not a good enough story. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm black and I'm from a black community and and I'm black and I'm black, y'all. And I'm blackity black and I'm black. (laughs) Like, that's that ain't I'm not that ain't what I came here for. Yeah. I want a good story. Yeah. All I know is Luke Cage better be a good TV show. I and don't you know care what's if he's funny. black or not. You said that, and I was talking to someone uh, recently. It, I was, it was an Uber driver. I was telling him about Comic Book Junto. We talked about Gods of Egypt. So, you know, clearly this guy and I, we're best friends now. Right. But uh, he says he saw the Luke Cage trailer, and he was thinking, uh, it's, uh, it seems like it's black to be black. I'm black. I'm blackity black. And there's Luke Cage being black and shimmy shimmy ah black. And he, for him, he said, if without seeing the show and seeing what it's like, it felt like it was, do, do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? For me, I'm looking at this and I'm like, hell yeah, I'm excited about this. This is good. I like the fact that there is a creative team behind the show and there are people of color. But then there's that other side of it, which is like what i don't know hey we just want to make sure that you're happy are you happy here you go he's black well i do i i have 
that is something that I've seen from the black community. Yeah. Where the black, I've seen people in the black community complain, 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 complain. And then when something happens, when a black person gets a job or when a black person creates some content or something like that, and they're going, oh, well, they're just doing that because they're black. And it's like, well, hold up. You know what I mean? Like you got to give it a chance to actually consume the content yeah. because I get, I get, you got to hear both sides. Cause I get the side of, well, I'm not going to just accept it because they're black and I don't want you producers, you know, decision makers to think, Hey, we figured it out guys. Put a black guy in there yeah, sure. and the blacks will eat it up. And that's why I say, who's, who's the biggest black guy we can find? Harold, who do we got? Uh, Kugler. Can Kugler put uh, Michael B. Jordan in the movie? Call Kugler up. Get him on the phone. Okay. Get Lupita. Uh, 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 get the other one. I'm, uh, uh, Chadwick. Put them all in the same movie. The hip hop guys will love it. That's that's why Cut I the say check. it's very, very, very important that we get to a point where we have complicated, nuanced, it's still multi, gotta be good. multifaceted. Just being black ain't enough. Yeah, being yeah. brown ain't enough. Being a woman ain't enough. Being yeah. transgender, being LGBT, that's not enough. You don't half-ass this stuff. You, 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 still, you, you still and that, and I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you, that's a challenge. Yeah. Come on, brother. Come on, bro. We got to stick together. Not if you whack, we don't. True. I don't care what. <laughs> I don't care where you come from. Because yeah. that's not what's up. It's not dope to like just like give a thumbs up and a pass just because you look like me. Mm-hmm. Like, because then everything gets watered down and you think all we got to do is, quote, stick together. And then we have to support each other because, you know, like, then it doesn't represent us well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So final word on, on Detroit Mel's email. I'm black, y'all. <laughs> yeah that's that's adam's it. like me too yeah me too. <laughs> all right that's my final word what is your final word well I, I i appreciate getting this email because i appreciate acknowledging the visibility right i i like that someone is saying is it just me or am i seeing more black heroes and icons and idols yeah right I'm I'm glad that we're just opening our eyes and looking around yeah. and taking stock of that. And let me say, I think it's a fair question. Yeah. It's a good question. Yeah. It's not. And I like the fact that a black man is going, hold up. Let me just keep us accountable here. Mm. We just, we just tipping the scales in favor of black people. Like, I don't know that that's what I, I'm not putting words in his mouth, but I'm, but I can imagine him saying, I don't know that that's what I want to happen. I don't know that you just want to make all the black people like way more awesome than everybody and go, see, see there, we did it. Huh? Mm. Let me get about $5 from you. Okay. Cause that's what the black guys want, right? You want the, you want the black guy to win? He's winning. Mm-hmm. That'll be fifteen dollars, mm-hmm. because you know I get that you don't want to feel like are you just pandering to me. And the other aspect of this too, I'll point out is you know seeing just a little bit of this, just a few of these characters makes us feel overwhelmed by black characters. And whoa, look at them all! But yo, the majority, unfortunately, a handful yo. still belongs to the white Christian cisgender straight, straight whatever yeah. whatever whatever right so like it's still there there's there was some study it was about, it was about people's perception right and in, in terms of people being represented and I'm, I'm 
course, going to butcher this, but the general gist is you have a group of people in a room and you, if, if you see a certain amount of women, let's say you might at a certain number of women, you might say, wow, there's like 50% women in this room where really there was only 10%. It's just this unexpected, like, wow, okay, I'm seeing something that I didn't expect to see. So now I'm under the, the understanding that there are far more represented. Yeah. And I think that that's a really dangerous place to be in mm-hmm. because for anybody, no matter what you look like and what you believe in or, or, or at all to say, black people are really tipping the scale. <laughs> black people are really pushing the agenda. I guess it's just like a, a black family reunion at Marvel right now. Well, not really. <laughs> Not actually, though. I remember I was watching a TV show with some people, and they were like, man, they're really pushing this gay agenda. (laughs) And and I was like, and I looked at them, and I was like, what do you mean? They're like, man, they got, got like, all all these Mm. gay people, all these gay sex scenes, and I'm like, all these? Yeah. Like, what are you you talking about? Think frame of reference. Like, Every sex scene you've seen your entire life has been a man and a woman on TV. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like I, that's not accurate at all. The issue is you don't like it. Yeah. And that's a conversation we can have. Mm-hmm. But what you're saying is inaccurate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. All this is is and, and and I and I asked. I said, "Is it a black agenda?" When there are black people on TV, well, well, that's different. Oh, well, that's different. Yeah, so, that, sure. so that's different. You turn on Empire and you're like, God, this, this black, this like, black you agenda. As a, you, you as black people aren't like, man, they're really pushing this black thing down my throat. <laughs> no, it's when you're uncomfortable, it's an agenda. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's the same thing. Like, I, I really don't think that communities that aren't well represented the 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 handful of times you see them, I think it's more honest to go. This makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, and let's have a conversation about that and how you really feel and how we feel and how do we handle it? And how do we deal with that? Let's be honest. I don't know how to deal with this. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to walk through this. You know, if you're not, if you, you know, if you if you go to, if you hear Rihanna speaking, well, well and you're like, she's not even speaking English. Okay, wait a minute. Oh, hold gosh, on. That one. You just don't understand what she's saying. That one. It doesn't mean, you know what I mean? Like you've got to really work through the fact that this is foreign to me and I don't understand it. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't mean they're trying to push this. They're trying to push this thing down my, down this agenda. It's like, maybe they are whoever they is. I don't know who they are, but I think we have to make sure that we're being accurate here. You know what I mean? Unless you're talking about Timmy Turner. In which case, no, he is saying words, though. Designer is definitely saying some words in Timmy Turner. I don't know what we'll talk about. <laughs> not entirely sure, but those are words. Oh, you kids understand me. <laughs> I don't understand you, bro. Uh, look, we, we really appreciate the email, Detroit Mail. Uh, I think what this boils down to is something that Octavius and I say time and again, which is, this is good. Let's keep at it. Let's keep going. So representation, visibility, yes, yes, yes. We're not done. Keep doing it. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. All right. Again, hashtag AskCBJ with your questions on Twitter. Also send your emails to comicbookjunto at barefoot.com. Thank you for sending in all the questions. We really appreciate it. We've seen those numbers of questions grow. It's getting yeah. to the point where we can't cover them all in the same, but in the time period that we get them. And that's great. 
That means that there's more engagement. Um, that means that you guys are sharing the show with your friends. That means that people feel like this is a safe place. And when I, and I, I got to tell you when I read in this email and it says, um, uh, I have wondered and comic book junto is the only time I felt that I can just throw out, throw this out for discussion. Mm-hmm. That really does my heart good. Mm-hmm. I feel really encouraged. Yeah. To hear something like that. Yeah. We're that, very happy to provide that as a forum. I mean, if this is the only place you can talk about it, I hope you can talk about it here and then continue to talk about it elsewhere too. Yeah. I hope you guys can recreate these types of environments in your own juntos where you, where you guys are, are from. You know, I talk to Kenny Sparks, Simba Sparks, all about this all the time. <laughs> and, he's like, and he's like, man, I only have you, me, to talk about comics with. And it's like, well, you have Comic Book Junto to talk about comics with. Yeah. You know, and that's why we want you guys to share this with your friends, because let me just take a moment. It's not just it's, it's not just about us who are here currently. You got to think that there are other people out there who don't know about comic book junto who could really appreciate it and benefit from it so yeah we want to make sure that we make that available to as many people as possible and that's why we ask you guys to give us five stars and a positive comment that's why we ask you guys to retweet the episodes that's why we ask you guys every week to share it with somebody new because we really want to share with what this is with other people so they can benefit from it because you never know who you're going to meet and there are people actually out there who are like man i don't have anywhere to talk about this my girlfriend, my boyfriend, my husband, my wife, my brother, cousin, sister, nephew, coworkers, they're not into this. Yeah. So who do I talk about it with? That's right. You got to think if we get X amount of listens per week, you got to believe on planet Earth, there are thousands of other people who are like us. What that, about on planet Hulk? See? People all over the world join hands. Started Junto. Hey! <laughs> There you go. Good job. All right. On to books of the week. Yeah. Uh, our pool list. Uh, I'm going to run through my pool list. These are the books that Octavius and I are picking up. Um, some of these are going to be our books of the week, and some of them are some other books that we are interested in. I brown bag. Up. Yeah. Hey, happy brown bag day. Happy brown bag to day you, to sir. you, Adam. Happy brown bag bay to you, brown bag bay. <laughs> brown bag bay. Happy brown bag day to you, internet. Uh, I picked up Steve Rogers, Captain America. Numero three. Uh, that's going to be exciting to see where that goes. I also picked up DC Universe Rebirth, Wonder Woman, also three. And then our books of the week, Black Panther 4 and Civil War 2. All right. I, too, got Cap- Steve Rogers, Captain America, number three. I got Wonder Woman, number three, but I got the, the uh, Cho Variant. Hey, I went for it. I mean, okay. this this cover looks better than me. Yes, it does. Show is amazing. Yes, it is. It is a better looking cover. Yes, I got Nightwing number one, Batgirl number one, and I got Detective Comics nine thirty seven. Mm-hmm. Now we did get a request to talk about Detective Comics on the show. I have not read it yet. Adam hasn't read it yet, so it really wouldn't do anybody else any good to talk about it because we didn't say anything about talking about it. Um, so, so maybe we'll have a little chat or discussion through tweets or something along those lines after the fact. Um, unfortunately, we're sorry, not during the show, but we got a jam-packed one today, um, which leads us to our books of the week. Uh, our yes. books of the week this week are Black Panther, number four, and Civil War Two, number four. And this is the point in time 
in which Octavius and I crack into these books. We're going to analyze them. We're going to go panel to panel, page to page, and talk about our thoughts and reactions, what we're thinking about each of these books. We hope that you are picking the books of the week up as well so you can follow along with this conversation. If you have not read Black Panther 4 or Civil War 2 number 4, don't listen to this part just yet because we're going to spoil a lot of things for you. So as is tradition for us, we're getting into spoiler territory. Three, two, one. It's your fault. Uh-huh. I would love to start uh, with Black Panther number four, primarily because of the conversation that we've been having. Yeah. And I feel like it would make sense for us to, oh my God, this is a joke, further the black agenda. That was a joke, by the way. That was a joke. <laughs> don't ever don't get mad at me. Don't you take this out of context. It was a joke. Yeah, I'm going to try to run for president someday. I'm like, this guy thinks he's trying to further the black agenda. What is Did you this? hear what Adam Titter, Adam, Adam, uh, what the heck is Jam it? Master. Adam Jam Master Titter said on episode 31 of Comfort Junto. Jam Master, more like junk pile. This ba- guy, bad president. This guy said he's trying to further the black agenda by just talking about Black Panther number four. Oh, well, thank you very much for talking <laughs> about a black book. <laughs> yeah. Black Panther number four. We're We're finally getting back to uh, what we love, Ta-Nehisi Coates, Brian Stelfreeze, Laura Martin. This book, this book. Visually fantastic. Wonderful. And I have Brian a lot of Stelfreeze, things, I have a lot of things that I, I have to say about this book. Laura Martin, colors. Come on, guys. Oh, it's wonderful. Come on. Um, I did have a little bit of an epiphany, and I will share it at, in the moment when I believe it is time. But I, I would love to run through the plot what's going on here in in this issue of black panther um so you want to talk about like last time on black panther or is that what you is that what you're saying or what yeah well uh, what, what's happening here I mean, let's walk through this issue all right so basically what's going on last time we had t'challa had a run-in with tattoo and zinzi yeah um and they basically knuckled up um, T'Challa was able to take down Zenzi and Tetsu kind of pulled away and didn't finish the fight um, in order to tend to Zenzi. Yeah. And now what's going on is T'Challa is kind of at the uh, the round table talking to his people. Mm-hmm. He's talking to his wife. I mean, his wife, he's talking to his mom. He's talking to some of the, the people who kind of report to him. They're just throwing down like some information in the bottom line. It's like, look, King T'Challa, bottom line is this Zenzi character has been taken care of. Mm-hmm. And, um, but Tattoo still remains a threat. Yeah, and they kind of go into who is Tattoo, and Tattoo ends up being like the pupil of a guy named... Let's figure out how to pronounce this. When I'm reading it, it looks like Changamar, but that sounds rough. Changamar? So maybe it's Changamare. I'm trying to figure out where the emphasis, what syllable... Hey, this one's a, uh, was a rough one. Changamar, I'm going with that. Changamar. My boy, Timmy Changa. <laughs> this was wild. But we, we were introduced to that character in issue three. Mm-hmm. He is a, a professor, a, a teacher, a, a man of academia. Yeah. And we saw Tattoo speaking to him in a classroom. Yeah. The shul. Yeah. Heavy dialogue in this book, man. There's a lot of talking. Yes, yes. Um, basically, so, yeah. There's that. Um, we also have the we have the Midnight Angels, mm-hmm. which is um, Ao 
and Anika mm-hmm. have partnered up with some of the Dora Milaje and kind of created this rebellion. And there's the man ape who they were trying to like, there was chasing after one of them. Yeah. There and, was Mandla from the third issue with yeah. that like dope armor and the skull and everything. And we see that basically they, they took him down. Oh yeah. They tore and, him up and they wrote on his chest, no one man. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really powerful because the whole thing about Wakanda is it's a monarch. Yes. It's based off of one man, a king who runs it. Yeah. And these people are rebelling and going, nah, we don't like the way you've run this. We don't yeah. like the way you've done a specifically because there are groups of people who have been suffering for a very long time that you haven't done anything about. Yeah. yeah. Um, the people who've been being oppressed and have been oppressing us and we're not going to take it. Mm-hmm. So they rebel and they basically start setting up rules and having tribunals and coming up with different laws of the land and and the word that we're using here is revolution and that word comes back frequently throughout the issue so the midnight angels they're beginning a revolution and now it is it is observable it is palpable it is creeping at t'challa's door like you cannot ignore this and his counsel seems to be saying hey here's the thing this is what's happening right now. A revolution is at your doorstep. It is real, and you need to heed that. You have to pay attention to that. And I like the way that they set that up as like a good news, bad news situation. Yeah. Like the good news is we think we know a little bit on tattoo. The bad news is, hey, you got a revolution on your hands. Yeah. Yeah. And that's got to be rough when you're coming from a heritage, which is very important here. Like the heritage of Wakanda is we're the smartest. We are the richest, we are completely independent, and we are a monarch, and that's how we do things. Mm -hmm. And we take care of things, and um, from T'Challa's perspective, he's given his whole life to preserve the heritage, to preserve the way things go down in Wakanda yeah. so that they can have what they have and keep what they've always, always had, yeah. you know, from things that they know of and things that they don't know of. Yeah. Like that's all he does is protect, protect, protect and fight for his people. But to see these people, to see tattoo who, and even see what, how you say the dude's name? Changamire. Changamire. Who's like Changamir. Basically, I'm not really feeling this heritage. I'm not really feeling this way of doing things. I'm not feeling the way that you guys don't really, you know, allow people to ask questions, don't allow people to dig and see, see and do things differently. It's, it's very interesting to see, you know, Tattoo, who's kind of his pupil, who's out there like, nah, man, I went out into the woods and I, I learned from the trees and all that kind of stuff. And so it's, it's very interesting to, to see like, I can relate in a way to where it's like, I'm not going to just take what you've taught me. Yeah. Like, I'm actually going to explore. And you can imagine when you're in a monarch, you're like, look, this is how we do it. Yeah. We take care of you. You're the richest. You're the smartest. You're the most technologically technologically advanced. You should just say thank you. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? You of don't course. need to ask questions. You don't need to know who doing what and why they're doing it. All you need to do is say thank you. Yeah. And it's interesting because it seems that Tetu has rejected the culture 
that he was raised in for one reason or another. And he's sought to connect with something else on a deeper level that no one could give him, that no one could teach him that couldn't be bestowed to him through his expectation of Wakandan culture. So he's connected with nature, with, with the essence of Wakanda. He thinks is the most pure essence of Wakanda. And uh, by some means, we're not entirely sure how he's able to control nature like um effectively flora like he can create and control vines and stuff like that and you know we saw in issue three that he was able to turn this drought area this dry plain into a place where rain and and lush greenery grew and you know for a lot of people that's going to represent some salvation something really good yeah and something that is in conflict with king t'challa yeah. So we see this like alliance that seems to be happening between Tetu and the Midnight Angels. Yep. And the other uh, Dora Milaje that have rebelled. Mm-hmm. And it's like he's trying to propose this arrangement. And they're like, yeah, we have a common enemy in kind words, but that's not enough. And I like that they bring up the outside world here. They're saying, hey, common enemy is is T'Challa right now. Right now, we're looking at T'Challa and we're saying, we don't agree with what's going on here. We don't like the way that you're being a king. We don't like having a king. And Tetu is pretty careful to point out, like, yeah, but are you ready for T'Challa's friends who are not in Wakanda? Yeah. Like, are you ready for Storm? You're aware of that, right? So if you're going to get all up in T'Challa, you're going to need to be aware of his network outside of Wakanda as well. And it's, it's nice to be reminded that we we spend a lot of time in Wakanda and the rest of the Marvel universe is just outside as well. I, I like to see hints of that. I love how much time we spend in Wakanda in this comic, and every now and then it's it's cool to have a cameo from other characters, even if it's just a freeze frame, a panel of seeing Storm. I think it's great. Yeah, um, there's a really really awesome conversation that goes on between T'Challa and his mother, mm-hmm. um, and his mother's name is Romanda. That's right. And uh, I I thought it was very interesting how sometimes your parents can get up in your world or even just your old heads or, you know, the people who mentor you and give you wisdom because the child is kind of laying down, man, I've done this for them. I've done that for them. All I've done is give up my whole life for them. Yeah. And his mom is like, you really haven't given up anything. And you treat them like a burden. And, And that I thought that was very powerful. Yeah. Very powerful way of putting it because... You know, when when you lead, a lot of times you can communicate that your leadership is not a labor of love. Yes. It's a burden. And the people that you are leading can feel that. Right. And it's like he is just playing the role of the king. I am being the king in the way that I think I'm supposed to. I am inhabiting this position in the way that I'm pretty sure tradition has dictated. Right. I'm and, doing it because... You know, my, my pops passed away. Yeah. I was the next one up and I'm out here doing it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I've really not been able to go to the movies once since I became king. <laughs> yeah. And I, I haven't been able to kick it with my people. Yeah. And, you know, I really like this, this conversation between Ramonda and T'Challa because this, the, it, it turns into, I think T'Challa finally having this realization that he hasn't been present for his people, not just physically gone and, and hanging out with the Avengers and doing that sort of thing. And, you know, by the way, empathy for this dude, like he's saving the world, including his kingdom 
And he's putting it out there. He's putting his life on the line, but he hasn't been present for his people in good times and bad. And now we have an opportunity to see T'Challa as a leader, not in his armor, not in his superhero costume, but out there as a Wakandan, hugging kids, inspiring people, yeah. celebrating life with them, yeah. being a leader, being a man of the people. A man of the people. There's some interesting things that, that mom said here. So says, what your father understood, but Changamire never did, was that the first rule of any government was to safeguard the people. Then she says, what Changamire understood and your father ultimately... Um, so you see the, the, the difference here. We got a combo. What the Changamire understood and your father ultimately did not is that protection is not enough. Force is not enough. Um, to what end does all your weaponry ang- uh, angle us? What are we really protecting? Our lives are not enough. What do our lives mean? Mm-hmm. You are, um, and T'Challa goes, are you really asking me this, mother? We are protecting our heritage, our traditions. And she goes, you are smarter than that, T'Challa. The people know this story well. You're going to have to give them more. And she's basically going, my son, that's not going to work. Yeah. Well, for heritage, it's like, that, that's not going to work. And it's interesting because I could see me saying something similar. Yeah. Well, why? Yeah. Well, because. And you're like, I'm smarter than that, bro. I'm actually offended. You can't just tell me because and expect yeah. me to go with it. Like, you got to give me a reason other than that. And she's really pointing out, it's like, you haven't been king one day. Yeah. You've just been doing what you feel, what, like the, the bare minimum. And you've really been doing a lot of what you, you want for your sake, but you haven't been putting the people first. That's right. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. some really lovely, vibrant panels of, of you know, People greeting their king at first, maybe a little hesitant, and then you know hugs and celebration and, and joy, and then we we go directly over to Tetu reviving Zenzi. Zenzi was knocked out by um, by T'Challa in the in the last issue and his like secret squad. Um, what, what's what's his like secret police called? The the hounds, the dogs, or something like that. Uh, I'd have to go back in the beginning. I don't remember. Yeah, and the in the white like spec ops Johns and the goggles and all that. Yeah, and uh, Tattoo is bringing Zenzi, you know, back into life, and then he's going to meet with someone, and we're we're finding out that Tattoo is not alone in his in his journey. He's he's bringing somebody outside of Wakanda into his operation, and that is uh, Zeke Stain. No idea. That is the son of Obadiah Stain, as in the uh, the the villain in the Iron Man comics. Okay. And Zeke is super smart. He's bio enhanced. He is you know the son of another great epic villain. And it's interesting to me that Tetu of the pure Wakanda would involve someone from outside of his culture entirely. Well, that just goes to show he he, he yeah. He ain't about all that, that Wakandan. You know what I mean? He's about getting this business done because he's going for what he really believes in, mm-hmm. which is like, look, I'm standing up for my perspective and what's going on here. Yeah. And I'm going to fight even if it means I have to partner with other people because, you know, that's what T'Challa would do at mm-hmm. the end of the day. Because that's what he was saying. Are you ready for like the outside of what's going on? Yeah. Um, so it seems like this guy is being able to bring in some other information. I mean, some other options here. Yeah. And Zeke Stain is, is saying, uh, let, me, let me go ahead and tell you exactly how this is going to work. Right now, you're being beat by the king of Wakanda. He took Zenzi out, the person who was being able to like control people's influence and, and that sort of genre. 
you're being beat. So if you actually want to come out, if you actually want to lead a revolution, there's that word again. Here's what's going to happen. Panic in the streets, fire in the sky, casualties. Are you willing to take it that far? Yeah. And that's how far he takes it. Yeah, apparently, because there's a giant explosion where T'Challa and his mother are down with the people talking and sharing and having moments. There's just explosions that start ringing off in the crowd. And T'Challa barely protects his, his mother by his vibranium suit when he, you know, brings the helmet part on and, like, covers his mom up. And, you know, there's all kinds of casualties as people were hurt, people who are dead. And we even see his mom is seriously injured. Yeah. And it, that, that moment of peace and celebration and ceremony, that, that whole thing got disrupted. It got blown to hell. And this means war. Yeah. And basically, at that moment, T'Challa's like, listen, we do not get terrorized. We are the terrorizers. Mm-hmm. We do not get attacked. That's not what happened. So mm-hmm. whoever this is, whoever this is that's trying to take over, it's not going down. There's something interesting about this page or these these panels where this explosion takes place. And this is when I had this epiphany that I, I alluded to in the beginning of us getting into this issue, which is there are so many panels in this comic. There, there are so many little boxes and characters and dialogue. We have a lot of content, right? A lot of dialogue is taking place on every single page. And there is something that I kind of find myself hoping for and wanting just a moment, which is a splash page. When we read a comic like Black Widow, Mark Wade, Chris Samney, this is a very Black Widow is a very different style of storytelling. You have very large moments, not a ton of dialogue, not a ton of words, and these splash pages where we see this action. But it gives us an opportunity to breathe, and sometimes those really big moments really need space to breathe. I think back to Civil War issue three. Yeah, that moment that all of us knew, like that moment when you when you turn the page and you you feel that that death, mm. you feel that. And you're forced to to sit with it for a little while. And something that I find myself wanting is that moment. I, w- I would love to have that opportunity. So when the explosion takes place in the ceremony scene, everything's kind of like just loaded into that page. We have a lot of small panels. Yeah. And then pow, explosion. And then we're just moving, 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 moving. I would love to have an opportunity to just like, just observe this. Observe the casualties. Let that wash over you for a second. Because that's big that hurts so i'm wondering maybe we'll see something like that but you know this is a lot of content for the book and no no shame as far as that goes that is an excellent thing but i wonder as far as the pacing goes it's interesting to me this feels like a lot of stuff pretty quickly we're moving 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 um it's i'm I'm just gonna put that kind of like on a things i've observed yeah you know um, so, I mean, we might see some different things as well, because according to the back of the issue, um, we're, we're, that's the end of the first arc. So mm-hmm. moving into the second arc, we're going to be getting new illustrators mm-hmm. because Mr. Stillfreeze is going on to work on the third arc. So here's what, uh, Ta-Nehisi had to say at the end. Okay. Wakandans, that's it for the first arc. Brian Stillfreeze is jumping ahead to the third arc and we got, and we've got, Art Team Supreme Chris Sprouse and Carl Story joining us for the second arc. 
which kicks off next month when T'Challa gets mad, even better, he gets smart. And it says, next, it's, it's lit. lit. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's, it's a great book. It's lit. I, I really, really enjoyed this issue. Um, this is one of my favorite issues so far, but I can't help but think, you know, if, if I have any critique whatsoever, I, w- I would love to spend a little more time with some of these bigger scenes to kind of like calm it down, slow it down in a little second. So but, with this new art team, we might see that. All right. On to Civil War two number four. Whoo, man. You ready? Sheesh. Yeah. Uh, if you've been keeping up with Civil War 2, and I, I hope you have been if you're joining us right now for it's this lit. conversation, it's lit. And it's emotional. It's emotional. It's complicated. There's a lot going on here. Goodness gracious, there's a lot going on here. Um, beginning this issue, that it's important that we revisit, at least just for a moment. In the last issue, Clint Barton, Hawkeye, killed Bruce Banner. Hulk is dead. Bruce Banner is dead. Spoilers. Spoilers. But that's where we're at right now. And where we are in the beginning of this, this issue, issue four, Captain Marvel is flying to the Triskelion, and she's going to meet with a now-awake She-Hulk. Yes. And she's going to break the news. Here's the thing about your, your, your cuz. He's dead. And here's the thing about how that happened. Clint Barton did it. And here's the thing about how that happened. Um, he's acquitted. So Hawkeye walks. Now, there's something really interesting about the page where we see Hawkeye walks on the big, like, Times Square television. We all saw what Clint Barton looked like in the courtroom in the last issue. Yeah. He was saw, distraught. We, we saw what it looked like when it actually went down as well. Yeah. He was upset. He knew what he had to do, but he was not pleased about it. He was upset. And then I love the way that this is depicted. When we see Hawkeye walks, we see an old school, like classic Hawkeye outfit celebrating, looking happy, like, yeah, victory. I'm, I'm okay. I was, I was found not guilty. And then we get a little like pick of the Hulk in the upper corner, just looking like a horrible menace. Mm, And interesting. the, the reason I like this page is look what the media did. Interesting. In the Avengers universe, look what the media has done. Yeah. They're, that, pre- they're presenting the Hulk as this menacing, horrible figure. Yeah. And they're presenting and it, it, you got to think how the way things are depicted when the police shoot yeah. people of color. Especially because Tony Stark is using the word profiling. And even if, Tony, or even if Clint Barton doesn't feel that way, even if he's not pleased with the way things have gone down, this is the way the media is painting the picture. Yeah. And that is going to influence people in this world. It's going to also influence the Avengers, the Inhumans, the X-Men, everyone, the way that this story is shared. And we have these really be- this beautiful splash page, speaking of, with Miles Morales, um, and in some of the Spider-Man, yeah, Spider-Man, uh, up on the, up on the building and some of the conversation that's taking place on the, on, on TV, basically of how this went down. It's unbelievable. So Hawkeye yeah. is being praised as a hero. Yeah. Some of the people are saying, you know, like it says that, um, 87% of the country agrees with the verdict and basically, you know, even though Barton pretty much confessed to the fact that he did it. So, you know, it's interesting to see how the world looks at 
the Hulk and they see him as this terrible menace and how they're excited to see that he's gone. They see that they see Clint as he almost like did everybody a favor in killing him. Yeah. And like I said, man, I really see that parallel in like when someone of color gets shot by a police officer to like, well, you know, what was his background? Yep. Or, you know, he had to have had a record Yep. and well, he was guilty of something. And then it really feeds into the media feeds into how people already saw this person already to begin with. Yep. Even if that's not necessarily the case and how the Avenger or the police officer type character is praised as like, Oh, at a boy, good job. Well done. You know, you did us all a favor. You're out there keeping us safe and how they're presented as this, um, character whose inability to do any wrong is putting their life on the line. So I see that parallel. I don't necessarily want to say that, hey, that's exactly what they're doing on purpose, but I, that's the parallel that I'm making. Difficult to ignore. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, we, we're moving forward and we see Tony Stark just racked. You know, he's, he's got his hands on his head and he's trying to work things out. And he, clearly he's explaining it to other people and trying to explain events to himself. Like, yo, Walk, walk me through this. Am I losing my mind? Did did everybody see what I saw when Clint Barton killed Bruce Banner? Like, what is happening here? And based on everything that I think should be happening, how how is the outcome surprising me? Like, what is going down? And then he's sharing some of the results from that cliffhanger from issue three, which is the brain of the inhuman who has these visions, Ulysses. And the bottom line to cut through a bunch of science talk is it's an algorithm. It's an algorithm. What's happening with Ulysses is he he did a scan of his brain. He's like, I know that sounds very Dr. Doomish, but I did it. And the bottom line is he doesn't know what's happening. He's calculating the probability of what will happen based off of all the information. So, and to say that he's doing that, he's not doing that willingly. It's just happening. Yeah. So it's not like he's going, I'm about to, it just happens. So he considers all possibilities. He considers all information, all energy, all everything. And he goes, his power is ultimately concluding this is going to happen. This is probably going to happen. But the difference is what do you do with that information? Yeah. Tony's going, well, you can't know for sure. Yeah. Carol's going, the fact that it's a possibility is enough for me. And we see Carol acting on that. You know, at the same time that Tony is explaining the science behind Ulysses' mind, we see Carol swooping down on uh, a businesswoman exiting from this building, and they're, uh, a, she's being arraigned, and they grab a briefcase from her, and they pop over the briefcase, and well, there's nothing in the briefcase. So, wait, was Ulysses wrong? Or what's happening right now? And it's sort of presenting the, the, the scenario in which Tony Stark is saying, Ulysses is extrapolating data and he's using an algorithm, a formula, which means he could be wrong. It doesn't always have to be correct. So if he's wrong about little things, then he could be wrong about big things. And then we're taking action based on things that haven't happened. So does anybody else find that really problematic? And we find out the person he's talking to is Steve Rogers. Right. And basically a council of some of the the biggest leaders in superheroes. Medusa is there, Doctor Strange, Hank McCoy, Black Bolt, T'Challa is there. 
And everybody, uh, Carol, Carol Danvers is there too. So this is what Tony says. Everything in the world puts out energy, everything and everyone. He takes it in and the kid, he spouts it back at us in the form of these visions, a theoretical vision of the future. He's not seeing the future because it's not there. He's creating an algorithm algorithm of a possible future. Yes, a very possible future, but, and you have to hear me on this, it's only an algorithm. It's math. It's guesswork. Now that I see how he does it, the visions scare the hell out of me 50 times more than it already did. And yes, Thanos did show up, like the kids said, and Banner was um, a pot of trouble about the pop, but, but what was really going to happen next? You don't get it. It's profiling. It's profiling our future. And Carol acting on it as if it were the Bible, she is, by any definition, profiling individual. She's, she'll call it something else, but she didn't know what I know now. She's betting on the math being absolute, but it's not. No one involved in these visions is being given a choice. And that is a very succinct explanation then I must say I'm on team Tony. Yeah. I'm on team Stark. Like that, you know, I, I, with that information, I can't, it, yeah. if, if, I, if I was there, I'd be like, yeah, I can't. And it's, it's really interesting because I don't, I, st- I don't think Carol's doing something wrong. It's just Carol very strongly believes in a completely different side of what you do with this data. And the question that really boils things down here is, how much of a certainty do you need to take action? Right. The, these visions that Ulysses has, this has to be what? 60% true or 60% possible anyway? And, and Carol, 40%? And Carol goes, you're, okay, there's a 60% chance this guy's got a gun. And he's going to kill this person over there. Someone comes over to you and tells you that. So you're going to tell me you're going to wait till they pull out a gun and pull the trigger to actually do something about it? Fair. So, but, so Tony goes, no, no, you're, you're missing the point. Yeah. What if it's 40%? And then and Carol Yeah, Carol says, look, you're saying, what if there was only a 10% chance Thanos was going to get his hands on a cosmic cube before we stopped him? That's more than enough for me. And Tony's like actually taken back. Like, really? That's more than enough? 10%? And Carol is really invested. Again, remember to the beginning of this uh, story, Carol's tired. From responding, reacting. Yeah, that's her whole deal. She's sad and she's disappointed in their ability to not predict some of these things, in their inability to prevent some of these things. She wants to find a better way to avoid conflict. She believes that this is the way. So, yeah, look, 10% chance Thanos is going to have his hands on the cosmic cube and be able to alter reality as we know it. And Lord knows what he's going to do with it. Do you, do you take the shot? But here's the thing that. Carol's missing. And here's where I say she's wrong, right? Here's, here's where I say she's wrong. And here's where the argument for me for Tony mm. makes sense. We're talking about free will being taken away. That's right. She's talking about, well, I'll take the risk. And the thing is, Carol, you don't get to, to take the risk with people's freedom. That's right. So another thing Tony says, I'm saying free will is being eliminated from the process of choice. I'm saying if you allow this kid's power to have the final say, no one in his visions has accountability for themselves. And without personal accountability, what are we? Yeah. So like his point to me is very much like it's ethical. 
That's what the conversation's about. And she's talking about probability. And that's what's really going on here. Yeah. Like Tony's having a, it doesn't matter what the probability is. You don't have the right to take away people's free will, Carol Danvers. Yeah. That is the conversation. It doesn't matter about percentages. The bottom line is people have rights. Yeah. And you can't run up on people and violate their rights because you think there's a possibility or probability of them doing something. And that even goes to the point where the woman is like locked down in in uh I think she's got to be in the Triskelion. Yeah. And when she the shows woman with up the briefcase. She shows up, you know, like director Hill's like I can't hold her any longer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they're like, yo, you need proof. Like you got to get you got to give me something. And she's determined Carol Danvers is determined to find proof. She is so 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 invested in Ulysses' visions, she is determined to find proof. Even if this woman doesn't have any idea what the hell is going on, and she clearly doesn't. Well, I don't know if it's clear that she doesn't. Well, sure, but she is. She's trying to make. She's expressing that she doesn't know what's let's, going on. Let's 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 be. Let's say we don't know. We yet. don't know, but we don't even have lying an op- through her teeth, and we don't have an opportunity to find out because she bamfs like straight up bamf. Nightcrawler is up in there and took her out of the room, which means only one thing. Tony Stark's up on the rooftop and he's, he's calling out Carol Danvers. You went too far. We're done here. You don't understand what you're doing. And that's why I'm rolling up with my crew. Tony Stark is going deep too. He's got, I mean, Kamala Khan is up there. Uh, by the way, power man, our man, yeah, he's up in there. We got Cyclops is there. Captain America, Sam Wilson, Doctor uh, Strange. We got a Transformer. Nova Thor. Who is, what is that thing? I don't know what that is. It's a great question. That's Megatron. I have no clue who that character Generally, is. Generally, I I genuinely do not know. Vision. So yeah, they got lots of people up there. Yeah, and it's you know this is this is it. We are declaring war right now. And Tony is saying, you know, we warned you. I warned you. Everybody warned you. If this is how you're going to play it, this is what's going to happen. And why don't you go ahead and do the math? You are outnumbered in a really big way. And uh, maybe not so much. Carol Danvers has uh, has friends in high places. The yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Outer space. Yeah. And they're, they're all coming to knuckle up. Uh-huh. So, and we get a to be continued. And I definitely want to find out what happens next. It is, it is fight time. So we found out that this goes up to issue seven number issues. seven, yeah. including zero. Yeah, so, so we have three issues remaining. Whew, damn. That's big. Yeah. It, you know, every time we get an issue, it, it ramps up. The tension, everything ramps up. And you're right. I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm just starting to feel like I'm on Tony's side. But at the same time, I do feel genuinely sympathetic to Carol Danvers. I think she's a very, very, very good intentioned person who's just going so deep off the, 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 or going so far off the deep end and that's causing some serious problems. And Civil War II is awesome so far. I'm, I'm just enjoying the hell out of this book. It is fantastic. And beautiful. Good Lord. It is a good looking book. So props to David Marquez Justin Ponzor uh, for the artwork and the, and the coloring. And Bendis, you're crushing it right now. You are crushing it right now. One of the things I would love to know from our listeners, anybody who's listening to this right now, you know, what are the other Civil War II stories that you are picking up? 
we're going through the core storyline by Bendis, but what are some of the other books that you're picking up? Uh, maybe the Choosing Side books, maybe Spider-Gwen, maybe Power Man and Iron Fist like we are. Um, you know, I haven't explored every corner of Civil War II, the event, and I'd love to know which ones y'all enjoy. Yep. So, books of the week for next week. Yes. Um, we've got Batman number four. Okay. So that's going to be one. And the other book of the week, uh, I'm not sure. TBD? Yeah, because there's a there's a couple things floating around out there that we're not already reading. Okay. Um, so we might have to take an opportunity and, and browse through options. Yeah, so we got black. We got we got Batman number four as one for sure. We we'll continue with that. Um, so we'll see what else comes out. We'll do some browsing and we'll announce it on the twitters. Gucci Mane have a book coming out, I, I think. All right, so that'll be episode thirty one. <laughs> and uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Adam, let them know where they can find you. Um and Scoochie on the internet. <laughs> Scoochie, you can find me on Twitter. Actually, my name on Twitter right now is is Gucci Main Thing. Scoochie Man. So that's where I am right now. Uh, um, Scoochie. It's, it's uh, it's all Mister Zone Six Trap God the Machine. This, that's what I'm about presently. And you can find out more about that right. on Twitter and on Instagram under the same name at Adam Tetris A D A M T E T E R U S. You can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all the same, John, at Octavius A. Newman, O-C-T-A-V-I-U-S-A-N-E-W-M-A-N. Hit me up there. Let me know your thoughts about the show. Please leave this show five stars and a positive comment on iTunes. We need you guys to do that. And please do share this with someone else who's not a part of the Junto. Spread the Junto. Bring in your friends who might be into it. If you find somebody who's in the comics on Twitter, on the internets, on Facebook, send them a link. Tell them to check out the podcast. Talk to them about it. Have your own Junto. Join us and have the discussion because, you know, um, we want to expand this. Remember, hashtag CBJ, the number four NYCC. Yeah. We're going to... We'll, we'll have more details on that soon. Yeah, but actually at... What is it? NY... NY underscore comic underscore con. And say, hey, we want um, Comic Book Junto to have... Gucci! ...panel at New York Comic Con. And we want to know who's coming to New York Comic Con. Who yeah. we'll be able to hang out with. Who we'll be able to talk to. Um, and all that good stuff. Remember, we also have a live show coming up August 20th at 2 p.m. at Amalgam Comics in Philly. We're really excited for that as part of Philadelphia Podcast Festival 2016. Yeah. So that's happening as well. Uh, if anybody ever asks you what Comic Book Junto is all about, you try to tell them uh, we're trying to make sense of the world. 